This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, everybody? KC and I have been game planning some fishing, but Ooh. not not necessarily for you. That's right. For me, <laughs> for me and my family, because KC is just pretty much an uh, underground expert of the Texas coast. Um, so I, mm. I'm, that <laughs> word makes me real uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> expert or underground? <laughs> Both. Um, yeah. So, expert for sure. Yeah. But, um, I have spent some time down there. Yeah. So I know yeah. some stuff. We, uh, we talked a lot about, you gave me a lot of good spots and places to stop by and see when we go down there, hopefully going down there in a couple weeks. Uh, just to try some uh, fishing, do some camping, and do some birding and uh, gatoring, probably too. Yeah, so, is that a is that an actual phrase? How, how do what do you how do you say that? Um, I don't know. Gator watching. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot them. Uh. <laughs> so uh, pretty excited about that. I haven't um, you know spent a whole lot of time down there, and people are like, "Oh, it's in your state," you know. Well. It's six hours. You know, it's yeah. Like, Could you uh, maybe, what, drive to the Ozarks or drive oh, yeah. to the Texas coast? You know, it's yeah. kind of like, hmm. yeah. well, it's going to be warmer at the coast, so it's a good place to go right Yeah. Now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think that um, another reason it's not something I've ever done is because, you know, we fished around here a lot. We My dad has a fishing lodge, and so that's kind of a natural thing for us to do in spring and summer when we're not hunting and um it's pretty intimidating to go down there and look at all those waterways and canals and beaches and in all the different you know things that are going on at the texas coast and to think that you can just go down there and do it you know i mean mm-hmm. like you said you and you and pop i guess your dad was with you that day try to sink a boat and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we what well, we did before we ever well yeah I don't guess we ever took a boat. No, we did. We took a boat down um, before uh, we ever went out with a guide. But when we went to South Padre uh, specifically, 
um, we went out with a guide first, and he kind of showed us the ropes. And then the next year, we came down and did our own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really poach spots in the Laguna Madre because it's so big. But there's like a technique you got to kind of learn. Yeah. Sorry, I sound weird, guys. I've been <laughs> struggling with sickness. But uh, Tyler made me talk so much this morning that uh, <laughs> I don't have a great voice. But yeah, we went down there. Uh, my granddad actually started going down there with my dad when he was about 14. They bought an old Larson ski boat and just went down there and went fishing in the ocean. They uh, caught the then would be state record kingfish. And it was too long to put in the cooler, so they cut it in three pieces to fit it in the cooler, and they got it back to the oh, to the bank gosh. and figured out it would have been a state record. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Which it, it wouldn't be now, you yeah. know. But like at that, I don't know what the, what the weight was or whatever. Dude, they were know? pioneers, man. Dude, they were back then. They were catching some stuff. It'd be kind of hairy to go down there back then, man. No GPS, no nothing. Not- they had CBs that worked half the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. golly, Wally. Yeah. Uh, they also had a pretty cool experience one time. They they troll ribbon fish, you know, real slow. And uh, my dad said that there was this fish that had a big old nose one time that came up behind their boat and was slashing at there. It would have been like a marlin or something, you know. Mm, they they had like a marlin man that was uh, chasing the ribbon fish or a sailfish or something, you know. Dude. They didn't have a clue. It's crazy. He also, one time, <laughs> um, they were out fishing by a rig. And my dad said there was a fish the size of the boat down below the, the – um, their boat and pop was trying to catch it and, and my dad was young enough that pop was like oh if we hang this one we're going to cuba like saying it was gonna and my dad was so scared well he ends up it was like a, a g-fish or goliath groupers what they call them now oh yeah yeah that, so they saw one of those and didn't have a clue what it was you know he's trying to i think pop was actually trying to snag it back because yeah. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> he couldn't get it to buy it yeah, you know that's statue funny. limitations are gone on that for sure so <laughs> yeah too big, too big Dude, deal. that's funny man yeah that's cool though you guys are just a bunch of old salty dogs. Yeah, aren't you? We did, we've done some interesting stuff down there, man. It's a cool place to be. I'm excited for y'all to get to go as a family. And what's neat about the Texas coast is it's pretty family friendly. You know, there's always like you can be fishing, and then there's like hermit crabs, and then there's like worms in the sand, or, or ghost shrimp, or shells, or sea glass. Like there's always something to do for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, you know, I know. You guys uh, did the guided thing that one year, and then decided you'd do the DIY thing. And and uh, you know, speaking of that, we've got an unguided guy here <laughs> coming up on the podcast today. Uh, this is our, our friend Brian Coke. He's been on the podcast before um, in a flurry of conversation that we had way back, <laughs> way back a couple of years ago. Who even knows if anybody listened to that episode or or cared to understand it? But it was a fun time for us. I know that. Anyway, Brian has a brand called Ultimate Upland, and he has pretty much only hunted upland birds his whole life. He, I don't think, has ever killed a big game animal, and we brought him down for a pig hunt, and it got pretty awesome and pretty exciting. And so with that said, we are actually going to have a video um, from this trip that we did, and it was it was pretty exciting. I've watched a couple of the clips, man, and pretty pretty awesome I definitely if you're like a person that gets nauseous or dizzy <laughs> <laughs> don't watch yeah. a lot of gopro shaking going on yeah there's yeah. definitely and i had the handheld and of course you know i'm running with a handheld it's not good so yeah but uh yeah we we actually don't talk a whole lot of uh the the pig side of things too much here the pig tactics and whatever else you might you know what actually happened i guess so i imagine kc and i will get on and talk about that and uh, how we how we went about trying to kill pigs and actually we're pretty successful um this trip so yeah uh we'll go into that at some point soon also you had a video release uh recently of uh 
you and some deer. Yeah, me and and one deer in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess I saw some other ones on that little trip. You just you thank you just left, and I was going to push for like another day and a half or something in Kansas. Yep. And uh, it got down to the, like the wire, and I had a, a buck come in that I was willing to kill, willing to put my tag on, and uh, things got kind of crazy in a bad way. Uh, I, I hit the deer lethally, we'll put it that way. And uh, if you want to, you can go watch that video. It's up on YouTube. Um, it's uh, strangely been uncontroversial, but also at the same time, <laughs> yeah, it, has. it has been with just a few individuals. But I really appreciate appreciate. Those of you who uh, have been supportive and encouraging through, I mean, not that like a family member of mine passed away, but um, it stinks to lose a deer, man. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. We've talked about it some on this podcast, and uh, I was in a pretty tough, tough place driving home after that. You know, it just kind of was, was a difficult deal. But anyways, go watch the video. Let us know what you think about it. Please comment on it and uh, yeah. tell me what you, what you think the final outcome was because it's kind of it's iffy and weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. I think uh, what I found comforting, at least, is that because we sh- we we kind of wrestled with the fact of whether we should even <clears throat> put this out uh, because the footage is kind of uh, it's not something you would see um, over the last three decades yeah. on outdoor TV or something. But um, yeah, we 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 didn't know if we should do this or not. We came to the conclusion that we thought it was good and that we thought we could maybe make people feel. Like they're not alone in the world, possibly if things went right. And I think that we found out there's a lot of people that have had similar things happen, uh, similar situations, and that um, you know we're not uh, the only ones that have had this happen to them, and that they are they can know that that's not the case too, and that uh, you know even the guys that are um, at least pretending to be pros can uh, or experts or whatever they're pretending to be probably have this happen from time to time and just don't put it out there on video so mm-hmm. anyway go watch it and uh we'll get brian on the podcast i i, I put, make all my content not appropriate for kids yeah do you make yours appropriate for well, kids well, upland, that's YouTube? why r3's dying brian because yeah. of that right there no upland guys <laughs> are a little bit older usually right there's not a whole lot of just young. A little bit. I mean, I just when I think about <laughs> when I think about Upland dudes, I think about old grayheads because they have money to get dogs and all kinds of boxes and trailers and. What else do they have? Fine shotguns. That's what they got. They got fine shotguns, gray hair. What else they got? What's your what's your stereotypical Upland guy? What's he made of? What's he got? L.O. Bean cloth. <laughs> That's what he's, he's made of. From a cloth. He's a build bear made of LL Bean. <laughs> Wait, what? You're just saying? Does LL Bean have a signature cloth, or, or is it? Uh, I feel like they have a textile facility somewhere. Right, right. Yeah, it's not camo, is what you're saying. No, it's orange. No, yeah, I guess. But for orange it, and khaki. Right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna go like realistic, orange and coyote would be the the hunting uh, the. The shot show color would be coyote, right? Or coyote. Right? Aren't those coyote pants you have on there right now? They're only that because they've been broken in so hard from all of my upland hunting. They used to be. Uh, they, you, these chocolate. used to be black. <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they are coyote. Yeah, yeah. coyote. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is the uh, upland guy in your head... Does his is his orange brighter than your current shirt? No, they, I don't think they make such a thing. <laughs> nope, there is no such thing. <laughs> no, there's no such thing. That's construction <laughs> orange right there. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a shift in, in 
amongst the Upland community, as you referred to it earlier, right? And oh. th- there's a shift towards fluorescent pink, right? Because they've legalized that. I think right? um, it, as Upland hunters, um, we should start wearing more pink. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> because... Our colors are everything. Why is... <laughs> so we talked about this earlier. Why, like, we can wear pink now legally, or anybody could legally wear pink, but there's no designation of what blaze orange actually is, right? Uh, you mean there's no designation of what blaze pink is? That either, right? I don't know. Actually, are men allowed to, or is it only for women? See, I don't know about that either. That's uh, a good Texas just says that Blaze Pink is now legal for that. For, so, for yeah, I don't understand why Blaze Blue isn't. Quite frankly, because I'm liking some Blaze Blue. White tails. White tails. They see blue. That's their main color. Nobody hunts white tails. <laughs> I know. Especially hey, so in Texas. this is something that I've actually always wondered. Like, would some camo not help just a little bit on upland game? Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the thing. We aren't trying to hide from our prey, unlike you guys who are trying to deceive animals with very tiny brains with your camo. We are going to put it out there that this is who we are and how we hunt. And you give us your best game. We don't have to fool you with clothes. Yeah, I got you. That's what we do. Okay. Yeah. You fooled me with your clothes today. I know. I was fooling. (laughs) Because you got on Sitka gear right now. They don't make Upland stuff. Hey, if you guys didn't know, Sitka is making solids now. Uh Very nice, very nice stuff yeah yeah, yeah. fancy yeah. it's not blaze you said who we are who who are we who are you that's what we're trying to say <laughs> what's your name i am a pig killing machine that's right <laughs> this is brian coke he's uh second time appearance on the podcast yeah um two years ago was your first time right yeah uh, was it two or was it three well it was in august of some year yeah two and a half 2017 2017 august 2017 yeah 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 why'd you get blackballed uh, I speak the truth. That's right. There you go. <laughs> the truth is spoken at ultimateupland.com, right? <laughs> Brian Coke has Ultimate Upland, uh, and we're, we're mixing a couple cultures here today. But uh, you wrote a pretty controversial article, one of many, right? Now, in, in controversy, your middle name there, yep. uh, it's, isn't it, it's uh, controversial upland. Is, is your, like you type that in, and it's, it's a linked site, right? Yeah, it's yeah. another URL. Yeah. You wrote, there. can't spell uh, hypocrite without REI, I, which is the best title ever. <laughs> given to an article ever in the world until my current article with you guys okay. which is going to be the new new reigning best title ever um yeah i you know you know you don't intentionally go out to get blackballed but you do i, I say you i shouldn't talk about it in terms of you because yeah. you guys don't feel the need to do this you, you play nice with others i don't yeah and, and i'm okay with we it don't lie though we tell the truth but yeah. sometimes we just don't say something yeah you know you're, what I mean? you're more politically correct about it how's that that's okay sure you hate that word he does yeah. well i just think that um we're still young enough to care you're at that point we're like you're old enough, right? That, 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 that you don't care anymore. Hey, just so everybody knows, I want you all pull up a picture, of KC. Pull up a picture of me and set them side by side. And I want you to do a survey of the ten people closest by you and ask who is older. Just, so, just I, I'm not even going to reveal the results. You go do that right now. You just go and go just a random survey. Who is older in these two pictures? They got to look like mugshots. And I'm going to guarantee you. You're probably right. You are a young-looking feller, man. 
man. You are, man. And I don't mean that in any sense of what we've been talking about <laughs> prior to this podcast. Hey, so, hashtag me too. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so speaking of me too, you wanted to hop on board and be a pig hunter because um, – you know that you, me too, kind of thing. You too, kind of thing. You saw uh, us doing it. And you want to do it exactly. You said me too. The uh, I don't know if anybody starts wanting to be a pig hunter. <laughs> mm. What does that look? What's that? What's that uh, path look like then? I think I put it in your way, didn't I? This right. It was a. It was a case of unable to say no because. Well, let's be honest. You guys question my hunting ability because I'm a bird hunter. No, no, no. And I question your hunting ability because you're deer hunter. Oh, you definitely do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's a, yeah, the, uh, you saw my L.L. Bean hat, whatever, and, man, my cloth. The hat is bad and, to the bone, by the way. And you said. Yeah. Dude, that, is it, that one with the light on it is L.L. Bean? That's new this year, man, by, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Brian gets way did too you, much promo yeah, stuff. Yeah, did you get sponsored to say yeah. that? I know, no. I, I couldn't, I, honestly, I can't tell you the model hey, I, I had. <laughs> I own some LL Bean stuff. I have a three weight fly rod that's LL Bean, and it's my favorite little B rod. Yep. Yep. When's yep. the last time you used it? Mm, it would have been this summer, past summer. Really? Yeah. What'd you catch? Uh, what was it? How old did I catch on that? Probably caught some browns. Definitely caught some browns on it. Uh, maybe a rainbow and some brookies. Do you think Colorado. LL Bean actually makes their rods, or they just no, put their label no. on? No, uh, Jingzhong Jingzhong makes it in China and sends it to us. Yeah, <laughs> at least uh, yeah, at least it's a memorable name. That's right. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no kidding. <laughs> Based off of a Hostess product, right? <laughs> oh man, that's good. So, okay, so what we've been doing is hog hunting. And Brian uh, won't actually let us do this on private land. So it's all been public. Um, it's also been unguided, uh, questionably unguided. But there, and he won't let us keep, won't let us waste any of the meat. So we had to take out the jaw bones and everything to make and, bone yeah, stock. Everything. So, so, but uh, yeah. So tell, tell, tell our listeners what kind of gun you've been running down here in Texas on public land after the nastiest animals. Well, I have this theory on guns. It's <laughs> just <laughs> you should only own one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, since I'm, I'm actually bird hunting after this trip, and I was thinking about um, trying to find a cannon, uh, you know, something multi-shot that ejects halls everywhere and uh, I thought you would show up with a drum, uh, a shotgun with a drum on it. Well, I told you I wanted one of those Halo guns, and I saw them out at Shot Show. I was like, man, I get me one of them Halo guns that looks like it's a pig killing, it's an everything killing looking gun. Mm. But then I started thinking about it, and I said, you know what's better than shooting a pig with a Halo gun? Because everybody expects you to kill a pig with a Halo right. gun. I'm just going to shoot pigs with my over-under. 20 gauge over-under, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Not, uh, not a 12 gauge. That's how I started hunting pigs, though. You know, I was yeah. running around out here with a small 20 gauge, and it works. I mean, right? It works. It, it does work. Yesterday morning, I believe you you stated that you killed your first big game animal yesterday morning. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's yeah. cool, man. Oh, that's how, cool. How, did, how did that make you feel in your feelings? Um, hmm. You know that first one. I did. Uh, there was. Uh, I had some mixed emotions in that first one. I spent some time with that pig after y'all walked away from. I me. could yeah. tell you wanted to. That's because I, I felt like you know. I know that down here they're considered pests and varmints and invasives, and that's and and, and I think that's everywhere for the most part because they do. I mean, obviously, I've been a firsthand witness of they just shred the heck out of everything out mm-hmm. here. Um, but 
they're they're still for me they're still they're still animals and i always feel like I mean, I have a connection to that no matter what, mm, yeah. um, even if they are invasives. I mean, pheasants are invasive species, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so... Chucker. Uh, ch- chucker. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Those are straight out of Pakistan. <laughs> Either that or McDonald's, right? <laughs> uh, so... Uh, you know, I uh, uh, it was interesting. I didn't know how I'd feel about shooting that um, that pig. Honestly, I didn't expect to shoot a pig because <laughs> look who you going with. Well, right. yeah, the yeah. guys <laughs> normally when they when they see an upland guy. Uh, so I'll be honest. First, when we started hunting, and we're so this is like a driven pig hunt, if you will. I don't know if that's what you'd call it, but that's what we're doing. We're yeah. shotgunning pigs on an area where you have to use shotgun. Mm-hmm. No rifle shooting, right? Right. right. Yeah. Not that I knew that, but I had to trust my guides put me on the right regs. <laughs> So we're using shotguns with buckshot, and um, we're walking in some pretty thick cover down here. And to be honest with you, um, I'm walking along, and all of a sudden I'll hear KC shoot off to my right. Blam! And and then I'll hear Tyler off to my left, and he goes, blam! And I don't see anything, and I'm thinking... These guys are screwing with me. <laughs> There's not a pig in here, and this is this is a we're going to take an upland guy out to a place where there's no pigs, and we're going to screw with them just to make him think. I thought it was a snipe hunt, yeah, and I thought yeah. it snipe for yeah. real, but I thought it was one of them them snipe hunts you talk about. Yeah, have the night, yeah. But uh, finally, um, we're out there and. Casey had told me at one point that pigs don't run straight away from you. They J-hook. And I thought, all right, they J-hook. And so Casey was to my left in this instance, and I heard him shoot. And then he hollered something. I couldn't under, I couldn't hear anything other than the shoot. It was in Texan. That's why I couldn't understand. <laughs> it, was, it was serious Texan, and I've just barely grasped that language right now. And so... Uh, I was like, all right, I if if whatever he's shooting at is Jay hooking, I'm gonna get in 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 the hook, mm-hmm. and I just kind of weaseled my way out to the to a, a small opening, and I mean a big old pig <laughs> comes a strolling out right in front of me, at, uh, 15 yards, and I thought they aren't screwing with me. There's actually pigs in here. And uh, we found out if the 20 gauge will work. Now, unfortunately, because I have an idea in my head of at the at the time of what uh, shooting a pig should be, which is more rifle oriented and aiming. Because when we're bird hunting, we don't aim; we point. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. You're not even. I never see the barrel. I don't see anything. I just lift my shotgun up and instinctually make it, it happen. happens. Yeah. I don't see anything like that. I see the bird. But um, this thing's close, and it's not moving super fast, and it's big. And that's the first thing in my head is, man, it's big. And um, so I, I mounted my shotgun, and I aimed at it. And that's not the right thing to do when you're a bird hunter. And I, and I, and I hit that pig on the first shot, and um, I thought it was going to drop. But you guys told me these pigs are tough. And... It didn't drop. It ran. And then I was on my heels already like, uh-oh. And I shot again. And I'm not sure where that second shot went. Uh, luckily, Tyler was off to my right. And <laughs> I scared the bejesus out of him. <laughs> I but, came around the corner of this, like, fence or whatever. And because I had heard the shooting and stuff. Just in time to see Brian shoot his second shot at the pig. 
And I was like, hey, I'm over here. <laughs> I was like, threw my arms up for a while. Because it was, it was, the pig was coming right at me at that time. And yeah. I was like, if he reloads, I'm in trouble here. And, uh, and then... There's no telling what happened after you that. You got in on the action. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not real sure <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the pig came into a thicket, and uh, I was I could see it like 20 yards. And so I kind of moved around where I could see it the best that I could in that little area. Um, I could just enough to tell which side was the head pretty much. And then I was like, hey, Brian, where are you at? You know, and he's like, I'm coming around over here. So he's kind of swinging out wide so that I could shoot it if I needed to. And... Um, I shot at it and I didn't see it move. Um, but you hit it, right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think that recoil is what kept me from seeing it move. Mm. I think it dropped. Mm. I don't know that for sure. But the reason I think that is because on the left side, which is the side I was shooting on, the right side was the side you were shooting on. On the left side, there was blood on the head that was dri- had dripped downwards yeah. instead of you know. So I thought that I I had sh- shot it, but I did never. I never saw it move. I shot the, the pig twice. And never so what saw we're it move. saying is, there's a chance you shot a dead pig. <laughs> That's a pretty good chance that I shot a dead maybe pig. Maybe you finished it off. <laughs> there's a, there's a either way, all four in the hunting party got to shoot a pig. Yeah. That that morning, so yeah. that was fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I had fun. Downtown Downtown Cody Brown was with us. Too, mm-hmm. he's a element super fan. Um, <laughs> oh dang, yeah. man! Well, dang. he is, man. No, he's, he's an element team member. Yeah, he is now for sure. <laughs> he's been he's been uh, not incarcerated. What's the right word here? Mm, that sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, he's been incarcerated. Well, he's currently <laughs> trying to fly, so he's yeah. definitely not incarcerated. Yeah, definitely not. But uh, uh, yeah, we all three got one that yeah. morning, and then uh, packed out about fifty five pounds of hog meat, probably. Yeah. After that one that morning, you so, Brian really got into the butchering. Yeah, yeah. your pig was well. So, so, well, I sh- so when you shot the pig, uh, they were still hollering like there was more pigs, and so was. you and I were there by, beside each other. And Casey was like, "There's more pigs, come, you know, come over here, marked in on on X." And I was like, "I'll mark it," you know. And he was like, "Okay, I'll be right behind you." And I could tell that you wanted to like take it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I uh, and there's there's another thing about um for me because of all the bird hunting I do like. When you when you get a bird down and then maybe I'm I'm a little bit strange this way but like a lot of guys will shoot doubles mm-hmm. uh, not double guns but d- multiple birds on a flush mm-hmm. and I I rarely do that not uh, only because I want to make sure that when I knock a bird down that I know exactly where it is and and, and I'm able to get it back mm-hmm. you know like there's a thing deep in me where I don't want to I don't want to walk away from an animal I've shot mm-hmm. because it just is. So I rarely, and in the upland sense, I rarely shoot doubles, not because there's not some opportunity sometimes. It's mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that this one's in my hand before I focus on right. the next one. So when you were when you guys were walking off, not that I thought we were going to walk off from that pig right. necessarily, but... I felt like, man, I want to get this thing. It's just, it's just, it's deep in me where mm-hmm. I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not what I, not what I do. Well, I knew we were going to come back for the pigs, but mm-hmm. I also wanted to see what it was like. And then that thing was big, huge. Oh yeah, and and it's the biggest sow I've seen. And and so I was like, man, I want to, I want to see if I could drag this thing. <laughs> And so I, I drug it out. It was by it was in that thicket. And so I, you walked off, and I just I was like, man, I, I just want to get it out here in the clearing, just because I want to see. You know, part of that is because I don't want I want to make sure I can walk right back to it. But the other part is just because I wanted to see how heavy she was, and I was, I mean, it it was it was a load. By the time I got it out there, which was probably only forty yards, it probably wasn't even that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was dragging her by the back 
feet and my hand my my forearms and hands my grip was tired mm-hmm. because of how heavy she was mm-hmm. pulling her back out of there and i thought man if i had to drag this thing all by myself and and that so that's part of i didn't know so because it's my first big game animal though i've hunted big game with other folks and i told you guys that and you know tag teams and stuff but i'm never really shooting big game for lots of reasons but I hadn't butchered big game animals by myself and especially not a hog and not in the kind of weather that we're talking about. So there's a lot of questions in my mind and I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head at this point, Jesus, if we got to drag this thing to the road, cause I'm not sure how you guys do this. Cause we hadn't talked about that. I mean, I knew we were going to, we were trying to get some meat, but I didn't know exactly what you guys did. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm going, Oh man, we're going to have to drive or, or, or drag this thing over there. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys have talked about, yeah, we're going to shoot the small ones, right? And I'm like, well, I don't, this doesn't qualify as small. <laughs> no, and I wasn't sure exactly what we were going, what we were getting into. So I was like, man, I wonder what's going to happen here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But then I started, I, so after, and even, even then, so the other thing you noticed, or maybe you didn't notice is we're all wearing orange hats out here, which, and I normally don't wear a hat, but I was like, man, I got to make sure I can walk back to this pig. Cause I don't know what we're getting into. You guys, we're down there looking for other pigs and i'm like not sure how far we're going to get away from it i'm like you know what i'm putting this orange hat on this pig mm-hmm. because i want i want to find it again mm-hmm. you know even though it's you know sitting at that point it's sitting out in the open but that's yeah. the same thing we do and i do in an upland bird scenario mm-hmm. i'd go if i'd lost a bird i'd go to the last place i saw that bird and i'd put my glove or my hat now i'm really not wearing a hat so normally i put a glove on whatever piece of brush is there mm-hmm. so, so they're sitting there waving at me so that i have a point a central point of location that i can always turn back with the dog in and then we'll do we'll we'll just circle that i'll bring Mm -hmm. the dogs in from different varying angles on the wind to that glove and try and find that bird because when when i hunted behind dogs a few weeks ago they were like the guy that that owned the dogs he was like they're not really retrievers is is that kind of the same case with yours well i'm always hunting uh uh, for those that you don't pay a whole lot of attention to what i do i, I always hunt a mix of uh, flushers and and pointing breeds mm-hmm. right now the two dogs that are here with me on on you know on this trip are uh, my setter who's a seven-year-old uh, llewellyn setter and i've got a, a two-year-old lab with me so um that lab um and all of my labs they're they're retrievers by nature although right. they, they, they also hunt um, but they won't allow that setter to pick up a bird pretty much. Oh, really? Like, they're like, that's our job. You can outrun us and you'll, you'll find birds, but our job is to flush and to re- retrieve. So we aren't going to let you pick up a bird and mm-hmm. bring it to us. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of guys, um, who are hunting pointing breeds, uh, uh, English pointers or, or, uh, short hairs, uh, German short hairs are generally, they're, they're retrieving mm-hmm. dogs, but. Some of them pointing breeds, they, they have a hard time. And even setters, some setters have a hard time um, uh, bringing birds to hand. Mm-hmm. You can train that into them. Some guys don't care about it that much because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're more of a form. They ca- that's a that's a luxury in some regards. It's a form thing. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, some people care about it. Some people don't care about it. Form, so, like, uh, what what the dog looks like while it's pointing. Is that what you're talking about? No, what they um, – it. <laughs> If you've got a good setter that doesn't bring a bird to hand, even if you knock that bird down, that dog will go find that bird and it'll point the dead bird for you. uh, And you can walk up and pick up that bird. Mm -hmm. So, um, but some hunters would consider that bad form. uh, You know, uh, uh, a certain type of upland hunter would go, well, your dog don't don't retrieve Mm -hmm. birds to hand. You know, the ideal retrieve is... 
you shoot a bird that dog and you don't move from that location mm-hmm. you don't take two steps to where that that bird went down that dog finds that bird and brings it to you without and and pro- and in true form it will sit beside you mm-hmm. and won't drop that bird until you give it com- uh, the command to put the bird in your hand and mm-hmm. that is what would be considered the uh, uh I guess idealistic form of upland hunting. I don't get too into that, too wrapped up into it um, as to what idealism is in upland hunting because I don't subscribe yeah. to it. We we figured that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hunting a flusher and a setter together, anyways, is like uh, uh, those those two things. You know, most guys traditionalists would say, well, you're just going to ruin a good setter or a good pointer by running it uh, with a dog that flushes. The way I hunt, my dogs hunt the way I hunt. So the way I hunt and the benefit of that for me is when you have uh, uh, a setter who's trained to uh, or a pointer that's trained to hold birds and and not move. Essentially, uh, you know, is steady to flush and to shot, which is what that's called. When when a bird flushes, the dog holds, does not move an inch. When you shoot, the b- dog does not move an inch. That's steady to. It's what people would call a finished dog. Mm-hmm. Um, in that regard, um, I don't really subscribe to that. Uh, what those guys if you're hunting in a place on a prairie uh where it's open and and you can just walk up to a bird that's sitting there that's wonderful if you have a dog that's that's solid in that regard Mm -hmm. but if you're hunting in a thick grouse woods or even stuff like we're hunting out here which would be crazy thick stuff where it's quail cover Mm -hmm. the last thing i want to do is go in there and have to kick up a bird right like i don't want to have to go stomp in there because my dog won't move no matter what it's been drilled into its head don't move no thank you yeah i got a dog and she'll look at me and she'll go okay you ready for this and i'll go yeah let's go ahead Mm -hmm. and then we don't have to talk she just goes okay he's ready Mm mm-hmm she, mm-hmm. She's right there. She is. <laughs> and, she's looking and, right at you. And she, she and, knows you're talking about. Yeah, it. she 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 knows. And so and, you know, and half the time she's got it down to the point now where she'll literally look over her shoulder and she'll be like, "Is now the time?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll see me on some of my videos, like especially on the Starmigan stuff, where I'll make her sit way back, like. uh real be up there on point and i'll make i had a sit just because i'm either trying to get a camera set up or i'm trying to you know mm-hmm. the stuff we do to to try and share this what we're doing yeah. but i'll make her sit i could make her heel but i just try and keep her out of frame because it's funny to watch her run in because she looks like this little lion when she runs in um it's halfway between a stalk and a and a and a and a full run you know how lions lioness when you see it mm-hmm. hunting something it's like it's like it's it's creeping until it's sure that the game yeah. sees it, like it's a, it's over. But it's kind of like creep running. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what she does. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, but that's so when when I'm hunting birds, I don't I'm not concerned about what it is for somebody else. I'm concerned about what it is for me and mm-hmm. how this upland thing is for me. And I like the ability to stand off from a from a bird that's that's locked down and allow the dog to do the flushing, and it lets me just concentrate on flight path and i don't have to kick anything up and be surprised by it you know mm-hmm. i'm just i let the dogs work for me and they like doing that so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah the traditionalists it's probably not what they're down with but yeah we don't the traditionalists are dying you're off. not very tradition traditional though with what you do man a little you know? different yeah a little different sure. every now and then pig you, hunting's just like bird hunting by the way is it yeah yeah just pushing well we don't, you know, I rarely line up, but it's so the the other hogs that I, that I've shot with you guys, I stopped aiming, 
yeah. like and started doing what I would do on a on a wild running bird. And there's other similarities that I notice, like when we're walking through this thick cover, these hogs try and backdoor you. Mm-hmm. They try and like sneak out the back, and that's mm-hmm. something exactly like a smart old bird would do is yeah. they want to they want to they're going to sit and then when they think the danger's passed they're going to escape out the back door and we've seen it multiple times but that's how i shot that third pig yesterday is yeah. it tried to get out the back door mm-hmm. i heard you shot and then i heard you yelling where you were and i was like what is he doing over there <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just walked through that they, they had li- that pig literally came out from between cody and i and cody and i were like were 30 yards apart yeah yeah i could hear it in the cedars and i was like i can hear cody but I'm pretty sure I hear something else moving in there. And then all of a sudden, pow. Well, and so these guys had walked. I had I was down by the the lake, by the water at that point, And I had kind of gotten in some thick stuff and got cut off. And I know that they were walking faster than I was because I had uh, half a pig in my pack in case he was carrying a pig too. But I could, he, I could see him, and then I lost track of where they were. And we were coming up to sunset. And so I figured I'd just cut out. And I knew that they were ahead of me, but I didn't know how far. And, I, and so I cut out behind them. And I was just going to get in an open spot and watch for you guys because I knew we were somewhere close to the truck at that point. I wasn't watching it on my map. I just kind of knew in my head that mm-hmm. we were in the ballpark. And so I thought, if I could just get in the open, I'll see where you guys bump out. And I had just kind of – when that pig came out, I was just sitting at the – I was just staying in there. Mm-hmm. And I just – kind of taking a break trying to get a, a beat on where you were and i could hear you guys down to my left and i thought they're in there and then that pig comes running out the back door and it was a big pig mm-hmm. yeah um i mean it, there wasn't anything small about that thing and the weird part was it was it was only it was running it was an escape mode from you guys <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it got even with me and i think it hurt it as soon as i saw it break into the clear i started running but i wasn't running fast it was probably 45 i was just kind of trotting with it and it stopped because it hurt me mm-hmm. and when it stopped i kicked it so i kicked it even faster because I wanted to close the distance and and then it saw me out of its peripheral vision and it started to run like it started it was like uh oh yeah the, the jigs up and it was up yeah. I mean yeah <laughs> they uh um I think it's funny that um because I was questioning after the first one I shot I was like man these these big ones I'm not sure whether 20 gauge with buckshot was gonna work and then these those last two pigs kind of I, it changed my mind, but it's because I stopped doing what I told you guys. I was, I just, I started shooting them like birds. You were overcoached, is, is what happened. Yeah. Well, I overcoached in my head. I overcoached. I'm pretty bad about overcoaching, and so, like, I should have known that a guy that's shot so, as many birds as you have probably would have an idea how to shoot something moving instead of going. I ah, just put it on the end of his nose. That like made you probably aim at a point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I I think in most big game hunting because I you know I see big game hunting a lot and and I still think it's an aiming thing. You know everybody's yeah. aiming and you're waiting till the animal's still. But for me, that shotgun because I've used it so much for so long it point it points as long as i mount the gun right it points true mm-hmm. so i don't have to look at the gun we don't ever you know shotgunners uh, upland hunters don't we don't close an eye mm-hmm. we keep uh you're keeping both eyes open and you're looking past the gun to the target mm-hmm. and i use my my index finger as a the shotgun's an extension of my body but mm-hmm. i so that first pig i closed my my off eye and i was looking at the bead and looking at the pig and looking at the bead looking at the pig and i shot high on her i still hit her but again she didn't drop dead immediately mm-hmm. but the the following two mm-hmm. i mean i just i i didn't 
think about it, I didn't close an eye. I was running and, and I just pulled the gun up like I would on a bird and fired and, and there was, I mean, they were dead. This is, it's the most ridiculous thing, like to see you out there with this Orvis pack on (laughs) and a silver pigeon looking 20 gauge, you know, like it's a, it's a nice over and under was, you know, before it got beat up real bad, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like this is, this is, it's got like a light receiver or whatever, you know, and and so it's a five and a half pound gun. Yeah. Uh, It's tiny. Five and three quarter pound. I mean, it's, and then like yesterday you smoked three pigs and the last two were like one shotters. Right? Yeah. yeah, tumbling one shotters. Yeah, like smoking. Yeah, K- which first of all, KC got to see you run on that second pig, and he said you look like an Indian running through the woods. Yeah, like, that one was kind of cool. Yeah, like hawking it. Did you play sports in high school? Uh, yeah, I did, and I blew out my knee, and then that puts a puts a little crimp in the uh, in the sports. Yeah, action. sure enough. Um, but that one, so that one was um, these guys were telling me that they were guiding me most of the day. <laughs> and so I told them in the Leading afternoon. I told them in the afternoon that if if I get out away from them a little bit, don't don't, don't feel bad. Cuz uh, cuz I didn't want to feel like I couldn't make it happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh Casey had shown me how to cut up a pig, so I was somewhat confident that even if they got away from me a ways that I'd be able to cut a pig up myself, probably not do as good a job with it, but um I so, think you should change your brand to Ultimate Unguided. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good, and it's still got the alliteration, right? There you yeah, go, exactly. <laughs> but I got so that one. Casey was off to my right, and uh, I was still keeping visual contact with him. But I was trying not to play off of Casey's J hooks. I wanted KC to actually play off my J hook and pigs, <laughs> so that I could tell him that I just got at his ass. <laughs> and so, um, and it actually almost worked out. But the, uh, I, again, I was close close by the water on that one and i saw her um running and uh she was she was trotting at first and i figured out on that one you know it's all it's all a learning curve really i didn't know i don't know what i'm doing at all just just by talking to you guys some but on that one i thought you know she hadn't seen me yet but she knew there was danger in the area and um she was J-hooking. She was going to J-hook right to to KC, and I thought I could intercept her before she got the full J-hook in. And so I picked a point out there where I thought I had the intersection, but in order to get there, I had to – I mean, it was – it was a pretty good sprint. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I've run faster in my life, but I was. I, she was big, and so I was like, "Oh no, I ain't got this one. I got it. I've got to get this one unguided." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I picked a point where I thought I could intersect her. She was probably forty-five from me. I wasn't confident that I could kill her at forty-five, although I probably could have. Um, so and she was angling away, and I picked this point of intersection. And when she saw me running, she started running faster. Um, I mean, she started getting it up. But you guys had told me you can run as fast as a pig, and so I thought, well, I can run as fast as a pig. And so <laughs> I just was like, oh, I'm gonna run as I'm gonna run her down. And I got I ran to. Well, you saw you didn't quite see the shot, but you saw me running. Oh, I saw your shot. She I I closed it to I closed it to probably inside of 20. I bet you covered 50 yards in your sprint. Is what oh, yeah. Like. yeah. I, by the time I, by the point I picked out, like I ran hard yeah. to a spot and then I, and, and, you know, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to think I'm running and well, I might have, I don't, did I, did I pause? I mean? was kind of, I kind of shot mid run. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you kind of just did the whole, like you hit your solid spot and boom. 
you know, you find you got yeah. you got solid and shot. Yeah, I you know, it's it's kind of a blur, but that one, I mean, she was running hard enough that um uh I mean she went elbows over tea kettle. Just and, folded. Yeah, she yeah. just she just crumpled and then Casey saw me. But she was the funny part was is I was almost like, man, if I if I hadn't if I hadn't run an intersected her, she was she was she was on a beeline to you. Yeah, like she'd have run right in your lap. You couldn't let that happen though. No, no. I was, <laughs> was, but there was a part of me that's going, well, I just guided him on that's that right. if I'd have let that go. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what right. he did. What's, what's funny is in uh, a couple minutes later, I think it was a couple, no, maybe it was right before that. One way or the other, it was real close to that same time. Uh, the J hook happened with I think. Three boars that were like 120 ish pounds, so they were like the perfect size. They weren't fat, then slow, and they weren't small and slow. They were rangy hogs that were pretty fast, I will say. <laughs> but the J hook happened, <laughs> and so, like, I was not able to take the angle because the J hook was played out and they were had gotten right behind me just to touch and so they were headed dead away from the where we just came from you know down that way and so i took off and i ran a good 120 yards after these pigs and i i I got to the point where like i ran like 30 40 yards and i was like okay i got around a tree and i saw them and they were still the same distance and i was like i gotta kick it in another gear here so i hit into, into the next gear and I'm pretty sure after that they did too because it was like they got further. I was like, "What in the world?" I stopped after 120 yards. I was like, "Okay, they I can't." It was the only time I've ever been outrun by pigs like that, man. It hurts your feelings. I can tell. It did. Dude. I can tell that it hurts did. your feelings, man. And that story after you guys told me you can run as fast as a pig. I know exactly. I'm and feeling like Superman. <laughs> I mean, you might be. You might but be. That. So the other thing is, is that second pig I shot was. Well, one seventy five, Casey, and that yeah, probably something like that. She's a good size sow. She was fat. Yeah. So I, I can run as fast as a fat pig. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Well, that's yeah. why. Here's something that ends up happening when you're doing this thing like this. Um, we we kind of had an anomaly where we ran into a lot of one and two pig groups. A lot of times you run into the ones like we did this morning where there's 12, 15 pigs in it, and you always end up killing the big ones if you bust them. It's because the big ones are the ones you can catch. You know, if they're over 150 pounds, you know, 200 pounders, you can catch those. But those ones like Tyler's saying, you, dude, they're long. Dude. They they can get it. Yeah. Those little ones can get it, man. And here's another thing that we didn't really get to exhibit because most of them are all big fat sows that we shot this week. But there's different body types of these pigs, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, there are pigs that are kind of the short, fat ones, which is mostly what we shot this week. There's also some long-legged pigs, pigs that have a, a taller stature, mm-hmm. and those pigs can cover ground faster than what those short ones can. So you want to talk about something you can't catch. Those long, longer-legged hogs, oh, man, they yep. can run like a deer. They're Dude. quick, quick. It was, uh, it was, they, they, those must have been the long-legged ones because they, <laughs> they whooped that's what, me. That's what I'd say. Black legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, we've, we've caught them before, you know, yeah. running around and stuff. And uh, these just, they were whooping me, man. And I, I'm not saying I'm nearly as fast as I used to be, but I will say this. I ran hard enough that I was dizzy afterwards. Like it was, it was, uh, <laughs> I was breathing so hard. Did your I tried left to arm a, start hurting too? Yeah. And I, and I, I tried to do an interview and I couldn't talk. And so I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, hold on a second. Let me, just give me a minute here. I've been that double meat burger you got for lunch. Might have been part of why you were dizzy. Might have been, man. By the way, I ate a, one of those Snickers ice creams. I don't know if you saw me get that at the convenience store earlier. Yeah. You pointed at it. I didn't know what it was, but mm. you looked pretty happy a, about yeah, it. It's been a minute. It was good. It was good. Good for sure. So, so Brian, 
uh, you do like all your hunting with a shotgun because you're you're a bird guy, right? It's just what you do. Yeah. Is you shoot birds with shotguns. <laughs> and then last night we were talking about going and doing like there's this thing in Texas and I guess other places, but it's a Texas thing where people strap really expensive optics on top of uh, AR usually platform. AR platforms and uh, which does not stand for assault rifle. Anyone listening? <laughs> <laughs> Armor light rifle. Uh, um, and you go out at night, and it's it's called thermaling, right? So you use this thermal uh, imaging site to ride around and shoot pigs. And I know you, you you're all about you know Second Amendment stuff, but uh, you just didn't like shooting something with a rifle. Just doesn't interest you in the least bit. Talk about that a little bit. It doesn't. Um, I. I don't know. Uh, it's been so long since I've picked up a rifle. Now, I grew up um, in the Midwest. I, I started shooting with rifles, started with twenty twos, obviously, and, and, and worked my way up, and uh, mainly on varmint uh, and uh, groundhogs. And, you know, I, I'd snipe groundhogs from a long ways off mm-hmm. with a 223 long before there was an AR platform. <laughs> I was just a bold action, yeah. actually. What's uh, the best groundhog recipe? Dude, that was before I was probably eating animals, right. too, you know. Uh, and that's not true. You were a vegetarian as yeah, you were Yeah, I, I was a vegan, actually. <laughs> but that I've become, tra- I've transitioned into a meat eater. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> watch out, that's a patented word, so. <laughs> Yeah, who knows, who knows. Um, yeah, I, uh, p- apparently you can eat groundhog. Um, I don't, you don't guys, you know, you don't even call them groundhog down here. Oh, we don't we have, have groundhogs. Them. Yeah. We don't, I've never seen a groundhog that I know of. Closest thing I've ever seen, that's a marmot, and we don't have those either. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah, groundhog. Well, it's like groundhog day. So, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I shot the pugs of time. Do you have to wear the tall hat? <laughs> <when> Could <laughs> we call them groundhogs <laughs> if we've got hogs on the ground out here? Like, after we shoot one, is it a groundhog? <laughs> We're going to start doing All that. Right, good. Let's see, I've started. It's come full circle. My groundhog. life is complete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, apparently, there is a recipe uh, for groundhog. You don't want to shoot the old ones, and you want to get ones that are in uh, uh, clover and hay fields, and they mm. taste pretty good, apparently. Mm. I'm... Mm. Uh, I, I was never inclined that much. They always kind of smelled, and uh, uh, we looked at them as pests when mm-hmm. we were, when I was growing up. Um, it wasn't something that uh, in our area you ate, although I suppose you could. I did try and head shoot most of them. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's. How, I mean, so that's how I came up. I, I, it's not like I didn't come up um, shooting rifles and understanding them, but at some point. Uh, uh, switch flipped in me i don't know uh something went haywire and i've only shotgunned for well the only time i ever use rifles anymore is if i'm trying to teach a kid gun safety and we'll start with 22s and we 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 start with pointing the guns in the proper direction the reason you're using rifles in that scenario is because shotguns a little big and a little more recoil and a little louder and mm-hmm. so you want to start at the lowest you know is that per r3 protocol or uh i don't you know, i don't know what they say about teaching kids to shoot i teach as many kids to shoot as i can and anybody who asks and and adults quite frankly i don't know what the protocol is on it but i, I do know that they, the reason we start there is just because it's just a easier thing to uh, hold uh mm-hmm. and no recoil uh and and very little sound and then mm-hmm. we'll uh, transition to small gauge shotguns and then we'll transition to bigger gauge shotguns as mm-hmm. size allows but yeah i mean uh so i have shot rifles before it's not like i had have uh, i don't know how to use a rifle but i haven't shot a rifle besides a 22 
well, shot shows a, a little bit of an exception. I shot a rifle out there one round, uh, maybe seven years ago. But other than that, uh, maybe. 18 years since I've shot a rifle. I mm-hmm. only shoot. I've only shot shotguns. I have my primary carry shotgun, and, mm-hmm. uh, which is a the 20 gauge that you guys have seen me shooting pigs <laughs> with. Um, not that I haven't used other shotguns or wouldn't use other shotguns. It's just the one. It's the extension of my body, so I'm comfortable with it. At some point, that thing's going to fall apart for reasons that you guys know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The gun's been through quite a bit, and then I'm going to have to find another extension. What's well, dainty? It's five and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. Five and a half pounds, and I hate to know how many rounds have been through that gun and how many times I've fallen on it. I should show you. I didn't even show you the rib. I should have you look down that thing just if you were trying to aim uh, that's something. That's cool. Because the rib in it is like a, uh, there's like a big, uh, yeah. a big oh, old U in it because I, uh, one time I was coming down out of the mountains and I had, when you're, um, you're, when you're hunting in some alpine terrain, I got a shotgun, and I don't have walking sticks, and uh, I don't sling my gun uh, re- for reasons, multiple reasons, but I don't like having slings on a shotgun. But um, I was coming downhill, and serious downhill, uh, serious grade, and I stepped on a, a football-sized rock that I thought was planted. I just thought it was a bigger boulder. And it, after a long day hunting, and I was tired, and uh, um, I step on this rock, and it comes out from under me. I had all my weight on one foot, and it came out from under me. Like so, it was like you were like you'd be on ice, you know, mm-hmm. like you're you're walking, and all of a sudden you're just your legs come out from under you. And yeah. I was carrying uh, my shotgun; I mean, it was loaded and everything. But in that flash moment, where where my feet were coming out from under me, and I was coming down this hill, and I wasn't sure whether I was going to stop. I, you have a choice to make whether you're going to save your ass by by catching yourself in some regard or whether you're going to try and keep your gun from getting scratched mm-hmm. and i'm telling you what that gun flew i oh mean I let, her, I let her i let her go like it i just was like jesus take the wheel see ya uh, and, and 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 let that gun go and i and i caught myself and then i heard about 12 or 14 yards down the down the slope and it was it was rocky terrain the gun was just going clang 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 and it, I mean, it just was, you know, just that raw sound of yeah. like breaking. And I'm like, ooh. But, Better than Jing Zhong, Jing Zhong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was way less racist than that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coincidentally, that same rock that broke loose, FYI, it lands right in my kidneys. Like, I land mm. on it full force in my kidneys, and I'm two and a half miles from the from a trail, way up. And uh, I. I, it knocked, it knocked me almost unconscious. Like I, I was seeing stars and, and I couldn't breathe and I thought I was going to puke all at once. And, but I finally got my breath back. I was like, <gasps> you know, that, that feeling after you get hit real hard yeah. and I got my breath back and then I started feeling myself cause I thought I was bleeding. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was just, you know, uh, so I was wiping my body down. I was like, man, am I, am I okay mm-hmm. after that? Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, that's how the U came up in my shotgun. I went down there and I picked it up, and it was trashed. Like it was, I had this big bend in the in the rib, and 
all kinds of scratches on the stock. Not it's happened before. Mm. I throw my I, I throw my gun at least twice a year, and it's not out of anger. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get angry on yeah, it anymore. Yeah. It just happens. Um, but eventually, I got down there and picked up that gun. I, I didn't have anything broke, and I want to tell you what I was awake the rest of that hike. Oh my god! You want to talk? I was. I went from just being this down. I was so tired, and I was like, oh man, I'm just. I'm glad to be, you know kind of be heading back downhill, and I was kind of just like in a zone mm-hmm. oh boy i mean I, oh, yeah that'll wake you up so fast because yeah. i just thought man if i'd have broke something and at that point i didn't have there, you know no satellite messenger no nothing mm-hmm. i just yeah. was out in the middle of by myself and no cell service so the mountains have been you've been spent time in the mountains for a long time now yeah but you never done it quite like you did this year or is i mean was this year what you did a new thing yeah, this year, so this year, um, and I talked to you guys a little bit about it earlier, but um, this year I decided at the beginning of the season that I wanted to try and take on some new challenges uh, and, and test myself a little bit. And so I spent uh, 30 days starting in September and, and bleeding a little bit into October uh, doing nothing but hunting 14,000-foot peaks in Colorado for upland game. And the 14ers in Colorado, uh, 14ers, the highest peak you can get in the lower 48 is 14,006 or something like that. I think 780 or something like that, um, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, And there's 50. Is that Whitney? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's 58 of them, I think, 57. or depends on how you classify them. They have to stand off by themselves a certain distance in order to classify as mm-hmm. an independent peak. But there's like 58 of them in a, in a lower 48. Uh, and and for those of you who don't pay attention to a lot of that stuff, a lot of uh, hikers um, try and what they call bag 14ers, which is mm-hmm. summit as many 14ers as you can. In Colorado, that number's... Uh, I can't remember the exact number. It's a high number. Most of them are in Colorado, uh, but there's classes to them, um, one through five. Uh, anything up to class three, you can hike without gear. Class four, you need gear to get to the top, hypothetically. Gear being like uh, climbing gear? Climbing gear, ropes, uh, carabiners and the yeah. like, uh, helmets for sure. Uh, and then class five, you need high level of skill plus gear and still probably not for everyone mm-hmm. but i figured there were 30 there were around 33 32 or 33 that are class three in colorado um class three or below which for everything i do i take my dogs my dogs are, are used to hunting in the mountains for the most part so i'm confident in m- most scenarios that uh, at a at a level three or below where we don't need gear that my dogs aren't going to run off a cliff. It's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There's times I've been scared about it, but so that's what I did this year. Is I, I decided that we'd hunt nothing but fourteeners, and the reason I, I did that actually is because these fourteeners are really popular. Most of them are on public land, um, and I knew that we would encounter all kinds of people who aren't used to seeing people hunt. Mm-hmm. It's not something you go out and... The average person doesn't go out and go, I want to go hunt birds on a 14,000-foot peak. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I mean, some people will think this isn't true, you know, won't believe this, but I'll, I'll say, okay, go go try it. But strap on your bird vest and a shotgun and enough water for two dogs and three cameras and go ahead and point yourself uphill on any 14er out there in Colorado and 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 see what happens. 
So, I mean, there's plenty of people who can climb 14ers, and they do it all the time. And I saw all likes of people uh, going out there and, and summiting 14ers. Um, and how and many did you get? So I wanted to do I wanted to do a huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, I went very aggressive on the schedule. I was like, "There's 30 of them. Let's try and do 30." Mm-hmm. In just as, so the problem you've got in Colorado is the season for Tarmigan starts the second week of September. Um, and then you can go until it basically snows. And in Colorado, it can start snowing at elevation. Anytime, pretty much. Into yeah. August. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, once you get a certain snowpack, the difficulties to get to the top of those mountains gets it, – it exponentially increases in difficulty. So you're trying to hit this sweet spot on timing where you get there and get up enough before – snow makes it very difficult i won't say it's impossible because i know there's guys out there who are doing it they're probably out there climbing right now like literally right now there's some guy out there in colorado he's climbing to the top of a 14er and and snow that's ungodly mm-hmm. and he's looking at stuff i do and going that guy's a sissy mm-hmm. and he's right <laughs> that's right yeah i mean you it's, you you find that out while you're out there like there are people passing me on these trails I'm getting smoked by people, and I'm like, how are they doing this? Yeah, 50-year-old ladies just smoking up those things. I, I passed a, easily a 50-year-old lady running up one. Oh, yeah. Running up a 14-er, and, 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 and she passed me coming back down, still smiling. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. She was smiling on the way up and smiling on the way back down, and she'd run to the top. I actually stopped her because I wanted to know. I was like. Okay, I got. What are know. you smoking? Is no, what you were asking. I just want, she's like, yeah. Every she's like, no. You know, one or two times a week, I'll come. I'll because it's in an area where they're pretty prevalent. She'll, she's like, I'll go run up this one or that one. Like she just does it. It's just mm-hmm. something she's got in her head, and she's confident in it. And so you don't know what people are up against, and what I and what I've said, and what I was was you get comfortable with the fact that people are different, their goals are different, and how they are coming at these mountains are different. And so, you know. Uh, you can't. It's not about necessarily comparing yourself to what somebody else is yeah. doing, but mm-hmm. it's hard not to in some regards because you're like, Jesus, mm-hmm. how are they making this happen when I'm struggling? Um, so you you met a bunch of people, and that was kind of a big part of your story, I think. Yeah. Right? So the fourteeners that are closest to the populated areas, Denver uh, uh, mainly, uh, or that corridor up Colorado uh, Springs, yeah, Colorado Springs, stuff. yeah. They, uh, uh, those 14ers are the ones that are frequented the most from, from people who live in the city and they go and they want to climb a 14er and, not, and check it off their list. Um, and so they'll, you know, the first one we went to, which is, uh, you can, you can look it up on the map. It's just west of, uh, of Denver a little ways. It's, uh, it's Grays and Tories. It's just a combination peak. There's two different 14ers on the same, potentially on the same hike. And we showed up there on a weekend morning to do that first 14er and the there was a traffic jam to get to the parking lot <laughs> just following a stream of we were there before sunrise um and we we're just following a stream of lights up this up this two track to get to this parking lot and we get up to the parking lot there had to be 150 cars goodness at the trailhead and, and they were coming in behind us and uh you know, I just unpacked the dogs and uh, 
so 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 you pulled your gun out. I pulled my gun out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there's a there's an interesting thing there um, with the dogs though is that most people who are doing these national forests or doing the trails are used to leash laws or what they would call leash laws. It's not, they're technically not laws. Um, and on national forest land, they it's recommended that you keep your dogs leashed for any various reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the regs don't say leashed. It says uh, under control or uh, voice control or leash, I believe, is what it says in the regs. But the truth is, is most people are not accustomed to seeing dogs running wild. Um, so when you have when you have dogs loosed essentially on a trail because all of these places so you could hike these a lot of these summits off trail Mm -hmm. you could go off trail and you know pick a path and work your just point it uphill and go the issue is is that the energy it takes to expend off trail versus using a trail which you guys know this from hunting elk or anything else and in in a mountainous region why did why did game animals use the same trail yeah. it's because the energy expenditure on a trail is way less than it is busting your own route oh yeah so when you're trying to get to the top even when you're hunting i mean using that trail yeah is is uh, is a good thing yeah but, so on that on that first hike i we uh, we passed 150 people probably either going up or coming down mm-hmm. every one of them so um, in those scenarios, I don't have the sh- – because I've got a break-action shotgun. The shotgun's generally open. Most times it's not loaded. Um, the chances of us seeing birds in, the, in, that, in that scenario, not good because birds are just like any other wild animal. You get enough people around them, they don't want anything to do with that, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. they move off elsewhere for the most part. And that's not 100% true because Tarmadon don't recognize people as predator mm-hmm. in most scenarios, especially not at that elevation. Um but yeah, we, we passed uh, just tons of people, got all kinds of engagement, people asking um, crazy questions. Uh, most people, no idea that that the mixed mandate for national forest land, that, that this is a place that you can hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them never, ever seen. I, I can't tell you how many people have said after I got done talking to them, I'm, we've never, we hiked all kinds of 14 never seen anybody with a shotgun out here. I get it. Yeah. I understand. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to kill birds, too. Don't get me wrong. I want to kill birds, too, and I want to see awesome things. I'm going to see awesome things no matter what because we're hiking a 14er. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that it's some of the craziest stuff you're ever going to see as far as, you know, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. You guys have hunted out there, but when you get on top of some of those mountains that feel like they're on top of the mountains, yeah. you know, yeah. the, 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 the mountains that are actually at the top of the mountains, you go, whoa. Yeah. Stuff's got crazy. Well, what was, you said really weird questions. What was the weirdest question? Oh... Wow. Well, well, so one of the one of the one of the weird ones. I don't know if it's the weirdest. I might have to really think on that because there are some really wacky ones. Um, the 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 prevalent weird question was, oh, there's a couple. Actually, there's a couple. But I'll tell you the the the, 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 the most weird one probably was, and I got this from multiple people. Is are you shooting clays up there? And like they, they think that I'm hauling a shotgun to the top of the mountain to shoot clays off of, and I I verify for them, no, that wouldn't be legal at all. <laughs> all right, like uh, that's not, not only is that littering, and, and especially in national forest land, you have to you can only sh- you can ta- only target shoot in designated areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of if you've spent time in national forests out west, a lot of people don't abide by that rule, and it makes for a trash zone. And national forest was a criminal in some regards. Uh, it happens a lot in in arid western national forest mm-hmm. yeah. nevada 
New Mexico. I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. places that people believe that just because it's a national forest is a shooting range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so people thought I was shooting clays from the top of the from the top. No, I assured them of that. And then the other thing in Colorado, there was a, a big story, I guess it was probably two years ago, um, where somebody had hiked one of the high peaks out there. It might have been Beardstat or one close in by uh, Denver where there are goats and they had um, yeah. they had shot a couple of goats. Which, uh, it, for those of you who don't know, you got, the guys who listen to this podcast are going to understand that a mountain goat draw mm-hmm. in a state like Colorado is a once-in-a-lifetime draw, or maybe twice if you're yeah. lucky. It's a lot. I don't necessarily know where the points were because I'm not a big game hunter, but it's. Yeah. I, I'm assured by many of other people that I talk to that a mountain goat hunt in, in that state is something that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coveted, and if you're from out of state, you don't get to do it very often, if ever at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and we saw lots of mountain goats, by the way, while yeah. we're out there. It's a, it's a bonus, a and, and, and the weird thing about those animals the same way is they don't generally look at, as, at people as yeah. uh, predators, so you can get probably danger close to them like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be that close to an animal um uh and my dogs are always fascinated by mountain goats um <laughs> i do not let my dogs run mountain goats by the way i bet I, you a mountain goat would tear up a dog well i saw a dog run a mountain goat and um on 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 this hunting trip not you know i i, I can't specifically say which mountain it was but i remember watching there was a uh, it was a mixed breed, but it had some shepherd in it, and uh, she didn't have it under voice control. And, Apparently. <laughs> and, and it took off running after a group of them. And the thing is, is a mountain goat can get, gap a dog so easily in, the, in that oh, terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not even a... But but what the fish and game is concerned about, and, I, and, reason, and understandably so, is they don't want those animals to be stressed by... They already got a hard enough life, mm-hmm. so they don't want them stressed by other stressors that don't need to happen so that's why that you know obviously it's frowned upon if your dog runs a mountain goat but yeah. i can tell you your dog ain't going to kill a mountain goat not even in a it's it, it, no way mm-hmm. no way it's going to happen mm-hmm. my old lab which he ain't along on this trip but um he's 11 now but we hunted uh in in uh nevada one year and he saw some goats pretty high elevation like real high um and uh he is this funniest thing. He thought maybe I could close in on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't running hard. He was even old back then. But he's like, I'm going to go check these things out. And we were coming to a sheer wall, like just as vertical as you can possibly think of. Like, there's no way. And these goats just walked right up a sheer wall like took a <laughs> took a like a side hill thing you know but the, it's the, the, it's it's as vertical as you could think it's just mm. almost straight up and then just it was a it was a group of five uh two adults and three three kids i guess is what you call mm-hmm. little ones but uh they sounds just, good they just walked diagonally and just walked right up this hill and they, and and my lab kind of sauntered up to where they were and he looked at me and he's like what are they doing? <laughs> what are those things? What is that? Are those furry birds? <laughs> and, and, and that dog understands the language. And I was like, dude, we don't hunt those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's like, all right, we don't hunt those. He, he turned around and he's done it. He did the same thing with moose in Utah. We came up on some moose at high elevation in Utah, like crazy out in the middle of nowhere. And he's, he started running towards him at first. And he looked back at me and I was like, don't you dare, dude. Yeah. Oh, stomp, stomp, stomp you. Don't you oh, dare, man. dude. And he's like, all right, I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when y'all are up on top of those mountains, like, are, is summiting like the goal? Do you make sure and summit every 14er you're on? Or are you just up there hunting? And if you are like, if the summit is feasible, do you do it? Well, 
that's the um, the goal part part of the goal. It was multi pronged goal um, this year. Is I wanted to summit with the dogs. I also wanted to shoot birds up there. But yeah, summiting was definitely part of what we wanted to do and i had it in my head because i trained so hard leading up to it i had it in my head that i that i should be able to like mm-hmm. the, the, this isn't something for me when i first started it wasn't something that i questioned could i do it it was always i'm gonna do it yeah um i'm, I'm gonna make it to all these because i've set this goal and i've trained so hard to do it and i and i think that I, this is something I'm going to do. And then the, that was the weird, it was part of the weirdness of this trip in, in general is, um, I, you know, I learned uh, early on because uh, I had this goal to, to summit, like I said, 30, uh, and it was aggressive. That was hyper aggressive. Um, and I didn't think I'd probably hit 30, but I thought I'd hit a good number. Um, but I learned early on that you can't it, it's not necessarily going to come around that way and it was a it it messed me up in the head for a little while because i had in that in that way i had thought about it for a little while and i was like um on the hill i i'd gotten to within 500 vertical feet of this summit mm-hmm. and i was at this time of year when you're climbing storms build um in mm-hmm. the afternoons and mm-hmm. and the last thing you want to do is get caught out on it above tree line when you're holding a lightning rod in your hand and you're the only <laughs> tall thing of metal mm-hmm. that's out there it's like a dangerous scenario but you know besides the fact that there's hypothermia involved in there not that we don't carry gear that could compensate for some of that but like you know it's a da- it can be a dangerous scenario so you're supposed to be headed downhill so the storms you can watch and build around you and, but um on this particular one where I, it was early on in the in the month and I and I still felt really good, and I felt like I, you know, I, I just had this that I was dead set. I was going to make it to the top of these mountains. Like there was nothing that was going to stop me. This was going to be what I was doing. And we got to within 500 vertical, and uh, I had gotten off trail in this really uh, wacky space of uh, car-sized boulders, just super jaggedy stuff. And I've got both the dogs with me at that point. Um, and I'd split off from the guys who were with me because they, you know, they, you know, I don't, they just weren't there yet. They weren't, they hadn't, they, they hadn't trained. They didn't, they weren't expecting to summit. Some of the people that come out when we weren't expecting to summit, they were expecting to hunt. And, you know, they, if they could get to the top, that's great. If they didn't, that's okay too. But everybody knew that I was trying to get to the top, mm-hmm. but I, I got to the space and I was sitting there and, and the wind was hurling around me and these car size boulders and i can't see a trail and basically what i'm having to do is i'm having to either pry the dogs or throw the dogs up the next boulder and then climb over it and 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 just keep doing that and i and i knew i was only 500 vertical from the top but i couldn't see the top i knew i thought it was a false summit but like i couldn't tell where the summit was i just knew that there was i had distance and i knew there was 500 vertical that i had left to go and you get to that point we'd hiked for six hours mm-hmm. at that point and you just go, I'm 500 feet away. I'm, I'm literally 500 feet away. And it just, it, it just, it hit me, man. It just, I mean, it just, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal. I mean, I just, I was like, literally, I was, I was right there at the edge of tears, man. Because mm-hmm. I was like, and even now it's bringing sure, it back. Sure, yeah. yeah. I was like, man, I, 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 this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I should be able to will myself 
to the top. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 500 vertical feet. That's nothing. We've come 3,000 vertical to this point. I, I, I can't quit here. I quit. Yeah. Because I looked around, and I go, the storms are building. I look around my environment. There's no trail. And for me to get to that last 500 feet with the dogs and enough water to get out of there and feeling like I'm going to have any level of safety, I'm not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the exertion level would have taken to get me from there to the top and then get me the hell out safely, but it was a judgment call. And then I kicked myself <laughs> the rest of the way back down. I mean, a four-hour hike out of... Did I make the right decision? Mm-hmm. Because I want to, you know, the last thing I want to do is have uh, you know, a dog or two dogs that I have to carry, which is almost an impossibility. Like, it's just brutal. But it's those moments. And that's what I, I think that's what I learned more than anything else on this trip is there's like, I, I was so driven and focused on what I thought the goal was and what I thought this was about. And then nature turns it on you. Like, that's where, that's, that's what's interesting about it to me. Like, now it's interesting. At that point, it was distressing, and, and it was reality-changing for me mm-hmm. because I've never, I, it's rare for me to be in a scenario where I don't feel like I could will myself to do something. I just, I just don't feel it's, you know, it's just not something I find myself in that, that may hit people wrong when they hear that, mm. but it's just not something that, but, you know, but so what, so what I learned was, is like, there's, this is, this is when I go into this thinking, this is about one thing and then it changes entirely. And it's not about going to the summons anymore. Although we did, we went to a lot of summons. This was like on the second or third one in mm-hmm. is when I learned this, when I was like, man, you know, this this can't be about that because that's some false meter that you put in your head that isn't really what you're about. It's a, what it's what you've, what you've placed in your head from somebody's outside perspective. Right. Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't, it's, it's, it's really, it's hard to describe and I probably haven't even fully processed it, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I, I went in thinking I'm going to do 30, and I'm going to do 30 because I trained my ass off to get to this level of fitness, and because there's nobody who who, who can tell me I can't do it, and there's nothing that's going to stop me, and then you learn, oh, no, there's 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 lots of stuff that's going to stop me. <laughs> like, there's, there's stuff that's well beyond my control, um, and then what you start going on after that is, so what I figured out is there, there's this, there's this, intersection out there and the way I describe it of what your physical capabilities are and what your mental capacity is mm. and most people never let their their brain turns them back mm-hmm. long before you ever get to what your physical your physical limit limit is yeah. that your brain your brain is so powerful that it turns you around before you can cross out over that and get out in the danger zone mm-hmm. yeah but out there, the challenge is, is how close can you run it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, so that's what I think. Fi- I mean, I was like, okay, well that day 
I don't know. I'll never get it back. I'll never get that moment back to know whether or not I turned around too early. But if you turn around too late, then that's when that's when real stuff happens. You don't get yes. to turn around anymore. That's when real, that's <laughs> when, that's when real stuff happens, yeah. man. Like not you know not that I wouldn't have ne- wouldn't have made it out of there. Uh, I, you know I had backup involved, and you know I probably would have made it out of there, but I could have I could have gotten fried on the mountain. Could have gotten fried. You could have um, up there. The um, there's three things that burn you, which is. Uh, hydration, energy, and oxygen, and you're and all and they're all all three going against you. At, at fourteen thousand feet, the oxygen density is twenty six or twenty seven percent less than what it is at sea level. So all those things are kind of working on you, and uh, and they can work on you. At, at, you know, together. You know, you don't know what necessarily you're trying to give all three. You're trying to take deep breaths. You're trying to feed yourself. You're trying to hydrate yourself but you don't necessarily know what the what the right mix is it's because there's a chemistry thing and then mm-hmm. and then a brain thing goes against you too i mean it's i don't know it's interesting i found it it was all interesting i ended, so to answer your question i ended up we ended up trying to hike 15 mm-hmm. different peaks and i made it to the top of 10 or 11 i believe mm-hmm. i haven't even i i honestly it got to the point where I, I stopped counting because that's how much the goal changed. At first, I thought it was about this number, and then I just thought it was about, well, it's not about a number anymore. And then it's just about, it's about being, mm-hmm. about surviving. It's about doing mm-hmm. and being in it. Like, and, and there were times, actually, I could have summited, and I just turned around. Because I was like, hmm, I don't want it to be that. I don't want it to be a number. I don't want it to be a check mark. It's like, it's kind of like the guy. Uh, um, there's a lot of guys. It's a real trendy thing uh, to talk about a three man limit or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In waterfowl, especially. Oh. You know, and like it's man, guys will stay out until noon trying to get their limit and i'm like man it's not fun when you sit there for two hours and don't see a bird fly you know like at that point let's just go eat some breakfast and have a good time guys because that's what it's about right it's not about this limit and it's kind of the same kind of concept here is like you look at what like you said the outside world is going to project on you and say if i don't summit this then i'm weak or um or I, there's nothing to say about this. You know what I mean? It's a, it's somebody <laughs> else's meter for success. Yeah. We we uh, in upland we see the same thing with limits, and and I see it a lot in waterfowl. We can talk about party hunting all you want, but we won't. <laughs> FYI, anybody who's out there shooting ducks in a duck line with a bunch of people, and you're shooting a group limit, that's illegal. Um, <laughs> just 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 so, just for your own sake, but you know whatever. Do what you want to do. I'm not the game warden. I'm just going to tell you that you're shooting something somebody else's ducks and you're a sally um but uh, uh a long time ago um can't spell hypocrisy without our we're gonna tell the truth here that's right a long time ago uh and i say a long time ago my, my theories on hunting have changed as well over the years and writing especially but um probably when i first started writing um and i and i went back and i'm, I'm working on a story right now how how that's all kind of came about for me but um i started writing in journals and it was just for my friends and i we were we'd go you know one or two upland hunts a year and and i at the end of the day i'd go to the campground and i'd i'd write down um 
just what happened during the day. And, and in those journals, and I just, I, I went and just picked one of them up. It was from 2002 and I was reading it and it's my, my handwriting, which is atrocious, but, um, so it's hard to even read that, mm-hmm. but, um, it's harder to read it because in those journals, um, I'm talking about limits or shooting, you know, what numbers of birds we shoot. Mm-hmm. And if you, if anybody, you know, pays attention to anything I do now, whether that's my, you know, videos or my, my, my writing, um, it's probably been six years since I've mentioned anything about limits, uh, shooting a limit. Uh, the truth is, is if you read my writing now, you'd be hard pressed to even know whether I shot anything probably. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, no, I, I really like, that's why I've asked you several times on this trip that we've spent together. I've been like, so in the mountains, did you shoot any ptarmigan? Like, <laughs> Cause you don't see a whole lot about it, man. It's tough to, I know, which and it's probably be- is tough to make headway with what you do. You know, um, I don't, I decided a while back that if we were talking about limits, that it was exactly that limits. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else's definition of what success was. Um, it was the state's rudimentary um, determination of what a successful hunt was, was the limit of birds you could shoot. Mm. And I find that to be a false narrative that is something that has been a detriment to hunting in general. I understand why limits are in place, and I understand why states do it. I don't want to have anything to do with limits. You will never hear me ever tell you I have shot a limit, period. I won't say it. I'll joke with you about shooting a lemon a hawk. That's fixed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what the lemon a hogs is. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say it's something I just I it it grinds on me that we will allow somebody else to define the success of a hunt. Mm. And so a number of years back, I started saying, and something I've always said is that we define uh, uh, success beyond the heft of the game bag. I never, I don't talk about the birds I shoot. If you want to see dead birds, go watch some, go watch some jackass do it on YouTube at a, at a preserve. I mean, that's fine, you know, but don't act like you've accomplished something. Don't act like that success. Uh, uh, the, the thing that grinds me on social media now is, uh, uh much like you, it's not. It's beyond even a three-man limit. If you you have guys go to preserves and wherever, and at the end of the day, they'll line their birds up either in a number, or they'll just stand atop them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, hell, I saw a post from one of our wonderful television personalities. He must have been standing on top of a hundred and fifty pheasant. Now, first of all, party hunting for pheasant is legal in some states. I find it offensive as hell. Once again, if you're going to shoot somebody else's pheasant, that's just a joke, man. Like, literally, you know what you should be doing in that scenario? If you've shot your limit of pheasant, you should break your gun open, and every time your buddies miss, you should laugh and have a good time (laughs) and just keep walking and make that day go. Don't shoot their pheasant for them, but... To get back to it, so when you when when one guy stands on top of a hundred and fifty pheasant and takes a picture of himself and puts posted on social media, everybody who's 
been a pheasant hunter understands that he he's either standing atop a, a 25 people's limit or he's at a preserve. And we understand that. The problem is, is that the people who aren't hunters look at that guy and go, that dude... And I'm only saying that for your listeners. I call him <laughs> way worse than that. Just he, he just killed 150 pheasant, and he's just leaving them there to die, mm. like or just leaving them there to rot. He's not doing anything. He's cheering for this the, the slaughter of 150 birds, pen raised birds, no less, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so it's distor- bad look. It distorts what what hunters of wild animals do. It degrades, in my in my opinion, it degrades upland birds more than anything else it makes it devalues them like people don't look at upland birds and go wow that's a special thing it's Mm -hmm. because benny what's his name can go stand on top of 150 birds and it makes it look like it's just a pile of garbage yeah you know what if you're an upland guy and yeah you're out there and you shoot a limit uh, congratulations i you know what you you've accomplished something especially for wild birds but you know what i'd tell you to do my advice would be to do you don't have to listen to me because what do i know but my advice always is to people who are new to hunting or that i'm with is don't show yourself with uh, you know uh, your limit of birds and say anything about a limit hold one of those birds in your hand proudly not by the neck like you're trying to choke it out not by the feet or by a single toe like it's gross you know like you're ashamed of what you've done put that bird in your hands feel its warmth feel its feathers stretch its wings out and take a picture of that mm-hmm. show people that you respect this animal mm-hmm. so that we so that people realize it mm-hmm. it's, it's important we talked about it at lunch, man. Um, I mean, we're so close to at any moment just not being able to have this privilege anymore. You know what I mean? Like, thing, there are things that could happen very quickly that would be that would take hunting away. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's states that are at the edge of it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to list them because well, KC can list them for us. <laughs> can I? Well, it's definitely not Texas, right? <laughs> you like to talk about left and right. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> New Jersey, I, I'm sure, is on the list. <laughs> but, I mean, there are there are states where uh, the vast majority, even more than just the, 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 the uh you know, populous in the United States, but you know, where, where hunters are a fraction of a fraction mm-hmm. and, and you know, what's so this it? is your goal though. Like you've, you've, you said where, and you've had a lot of time to, and you're very introspective about this. You've had a lot of time to think about this kind of thing because you've been doing this a long time, but there are your goal first, you know, kind of first and foremost, when you started doing this, you said was kind of this whole, like, kind of almost like a cliche thing is that is that wrong to say that like where it was like uh at least now it's a cliche thing it may not have been when you were saying this but like i think it was a cliche then too yeah well you know just like well help me to kind of verbalize what it was and then what it is i guess well i think i think the default answer for anybody who who's in this business we call it the outdoor business or the hunting business if you want because it is a business and uh um the default answer most people give is what what are you what are you doing this for what are you in this for and um I just want to promote the sport for other people mm. is the default answer. I just want to I just want to promote this to get other people, you know, involved in hunting. And, you know, I've thought about that a lot and it's kind of would have been my default answer too. Um I think I, honestly there's there's a 
part of me that the word sport grinds on me. I don't know if it mm. grinds on you when guys. When you said that, I was like, eh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but then I started thinking about how like Upland is a little bit more sporting than some of the other stuff that we do. I don't know that it's necessarily more sporting. I think that there's there uh, there um, guys that think about it a lot don't like. Uh, uh, this is more than than uh, sports is entertainment, and this yeah. is entertaining to us. But this is more lifestyle oriented, if you will, mm-hmm. for us. It's a li- it, it is yeah. a life. It's what we you know what we what we do. So sport grinds on us because it makes it seem like it's a for play. Uh, 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 it's a yeah. It's not for keeps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably why the word sport grinds on us. But um, uh, I think it's still used a lot in the industry. So I don't necessarily uh, you know. Well, we're called sportsmen. So yeah, what are you going to do? But I think all, a lot of this, especially in your world, like a lot of this is like the hunting culture still is something that leaked over from the European style of doing things, right? So like that's where that sportsman thing comes from. That's where tower shoots come from, right? Like, and that's like, it's, there's a whole reason that uh, we came to the United States and we dumped a bunch of tea in the harbor, right? So like we're trying to get. <laughs> Did you do that personally? Yes. Because I've been wanting to get one of those guys autographs for a long time. <laughs> I'll write you one in a second. Go get a lifting lifting uh, box. But uh, <laughs> no, like there's we're trying to get rid of that culture since you know the late 1600s in some way, shape, form, or fashion of lordships and all that stuff, right? So why are we hanging on to some of those that stuff? Uh, why are we hanging on to some of that stuff? Um, some of the pompous vibe that and it per- permeates upland quite a ways yeah. is because some of that still exists. I look at that. So I'm going to tell you a story right quick, and then you can continue. Yeah, go. So I never played golf much of my life because I felt like it was a very uh, – Pomp, if you will, the the singular form of being pompous. <laughs> yeah. Pomp was was very you know intrinsic in golf, right? And that's what I always thought. And then I gave it a shot in high school and really liked it. And then I went to the golf course one day and tried to play by myself. And wouldn't you know, some guy pulls up and says, "You hit into us!" You know, it's like, well, you're playing slow as Christmas. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Sit here for thirty minutes while y'all look at this ball? You know, and and so like it kind of was self fulfilling. You know, like it. Yeah, that's how that's how it was. And that's almost I feel like how. Um, before I met you, really, uh, I kind of thought of upland hunting kind of like that. Like it was a couple of, you know, some uppity people with their, with their traditions and their unwritten rules and all this stuff out there, you know, so we're, but, we're know, still what? pretty uppity. Uh, I'm pretty uppity. That's why I can't, that actually we'll get back to why I came to pig hunt is because I had to prove <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, I might be able to kill a pig. Um, yeah, the, the the uh we like to put uh, uh put ourselves in an elitist um space, I think. I don't uh I you know may, that maybe that is the European roots and this whole uh idea of uh the monarchy shooting the the birds while the peasants drive them. Um yeah. and it's definitely I you know, I don't I won't say that it's not rooted in that. Um uh I think I I'm probably elitist in a little bit different way, uh, not but you guys, it might you guys might perceive it in the same way. Um, elitist amongst upland hunters, like so. There's now there's a whole like you know there's reaction against it uh, against the perceived elitism uh, in 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 the hipster uh, uprising within upland. I'll call it where. <laughs> Does that, just mean you wear, does that mean you just wear a funky hat when you go upland hunting as opposed to normal? <laughs> and plaid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brand new plaid and and, uh, and a funky hat. You got to have a beard. Generally, you take I'm a pipe with you. I'm still struggling. I can't hardly believe that there are hipsters that upland hunt. 
Well, I don't know that I'd necessarily call them hunters, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I'll take that back, uh, hipsters. Uh, hard work right that, that's <laughs> it. You, you're allowed to hunt like that, you hipsters. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm okay with you doing it. It don't mean I'm not going to make fun of your pipe. I'm going to, and the beer wax you got going on or whatever that is, you can have that too. <laughs> but I'm going to make fun of you, but it's okay to do it that way. Um uh, they've got a whole other vibe going. It's not, and, 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 and they they like to believe that they're the anti elitist. But the truth is, is unless you subscribe to the way they hunt, which is the the pipe, the beard, and the and the plaid, yeah. then uh, and uh, you know th- then you, you're not fitting what they're. What oh their yeah, mold is. I mean that's kind of how if you want to look at the broad uh, picture. Um, you know the the public land push is supposed to be the anti-establishment, but it's become an establishment. There's just establishments on both ends. Yeah. You know, it's just po- polarized now. You know, those guys are just as pomp about any snobbery. Know, and, yeah, and we, we get messages from, messages from time to time like, "You guys used to hunt public all the time, you know, and now you're hunting private." It's like, dude, we're just hunting where there's deer and animals. We've been getting permission, you know? Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's all land. There's all critters there. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm one of those public land snobs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, um, we, 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 <laughs> I, I, I wave that over people all the time, but I have hunted on private land, and I yeah. will hunt on private land. No, we ate at a barbecue restaurant that was on private land today, and Brian was a little bit weird well, the whole time. I, I didn't, feel, I didn't <laughs> feel quite right about it. I was like, I'm going to go sit here on the sidewalk while I eat. There's some raw the pork in the back of this truck. I'm going to go eat. Um, it's funny. So you guys see this a lot probably in your space too, but um, there's a whole uh, segment of people out there who are now the police who go, we can't have disagreement in hunting because if, if y'all disagree and we're arguing amongst ourselves, that's how we lose. That that if we're divided, then we will be conquered. Because conquered, we are uh, uh, divided. We are conquered. And you aren't allowed to argue with the way somebody hunts because if they're doing it legal, then it's good. If it's legal, it's good. Because we want to let the government establish our morals for us. Yeah. You know, so if you <laughs> kill a pig with a spear, it's legal, and you aren't allowed. Nobody is allowed to criticize that person because. It's legal. Except Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, they, can, yeah, yeah. they can criticize yeah. because they make billions of dollars. Listen, I'm one of these guys that's like, let her rip. Um, if you're doing something I view as absolutely ridiculous and stupid, I'm going to call you on it. If that's party hunting, I'm going to call you all day long and twice on Sunday. I'm going to call you out on party hunting. Now, it's legal to party hunt pheasant. I don't care. You're still a POS. Don't do it. It's stupid. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, apparently I'm not allowed to say that out loud. Because if I say that out loud, then I'm being divisive. No, we need to have these conversations in the hunting community. I need to talk to you guys about the fact that you shouldn't be party hunters. You can push back on. We okay, want okay, to so party I've hunt. got a rebuttal. You got a rebuttal? Uh, kind of. Okay, so here's my it's rebuttal. It's not really a rebuttal. I'm, I'm it's not a disagreeing with you, but here's the way I look at stuff. And, and um, that maybe you can help. Maybe you can explain it to me differently. Um, my concept with party hunting, I, I don't do that a lot because we don't. I don't shoot birds a lot. Um, here's the deal: it's 
you were talking about limits earlier as if it's something established by the government to determine success. To me, I look at a limit as something that is the number I can reach for meat acquisition. And after that, I no longer can continue on with meat acquisition. That's why I asked you this trip, like what, what state had, can you shoot the most pheasants in one day? What's the, what has the biggest bag limit? Because I don't think of it as a, man, I'm going to go shoot four because it's awesome to shoot four pheasants. It is. It's also awesome to shoot too but i think of it as i can take a three-day trip to south dakota where you can shoot well i don't really know but just say uh, you know hypothetically south dakota where you can shoot four and in those three days i can come up with 12 birds as opposed to nine from a different place and make three or four meals out of yes, it yes exactly so it's more one. meals yeah so that's why limits are cool to me and maybe if it's legal to party hunt i would want to do it because maybe this guy over there's got the hot hand today and we all get to come home with more more food no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. But here, okay, so before you, I don't even have to say it before you talk, but I'm going to, I guess. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so. Our show. This is, not, this is not rebuttal or anything necessarily, but I would say that may, I'm with you and on board. I think that, there, that we should have these discussions, right? But calling people a POS might be a little bit over the over top, right? That's, that, so that's why I get blackballed and you guys don't. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, I should not personally attack you for party hunting. Okay. But you shouldn't I'm going I, have the, to. I have the high ground right now. You shouldn't do <laughs> That's that. That's right. So so what I actually what I actually call you a POS, it makes me the wrong one, right? Yeah. I try to get better about calling people yeah. a POS. Yeah, yeah. I just do it in private on podcasts now. <laughs> I, so, FYI, if you're out there party hunting, I'm thinking it, but I won't say it to you yeah, out yeah. loud. I'll say it to you on social media, maybe. No, but here's my here's my deal, okay? Because because of all this media that we talked about that went on, I don't even know if we said this on the podcast or off the podcast here at this point, but we talked about how this may have been at lunch, but for like 20 years, there has just been piles of 30 minute blast sessions with the biggest deer that you could ever imagine, you know, and the most birds out of any preserve, but we don't tell them. skies, we, baby. Yeah. We don't tell them that it was killed to preserve, you know, whatever. And in, in all honesty, the more money you have, the, the better your hunting can be. You can buy success in one way or another almost always. You know what I mean? The guys that are Joe, you know, Joe regular or whatever you want to call them that are killing limits, they're probably doing it right and, and taking time to, you know, like learn the animals that they're after and that kind of thing. But my, my point, that's kind of beside the point. So my point is that when we're seeing all this stuff over the years and we have grown up in that culture and I'll be honest that because I think maybe because of that, and maybe I just want to blame that on it. Uh, but like, it's not every dude's, uh, MO to just be so introspective about everything that they do. They just kind of do it sometimes. You know what I mean? So because of that culture can kind of shape certain people. I mean, you're very well thought out and I don't think that everybody that listens to this podcast is going to be like you, uh, by, in that manner. So my point is, like there, there were times in my life and when you're talking about shooting groundhogs and stuff, you know, like we just didn't really think about it. It's just something that, you know, dad told you to go out and shoot some groundhogs or whatever, sure. you know, or Hey, the woodpeckers are knocking holes in the, in the house. Like 
if you kill one, I'll give you five bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I just think that there are people out there that are party hunting that just, they don't, they haven't ever thought about it and they don't know any different. And I don't think that they, I think if they thought about it, they might change their mind. You know what I mean? hundred percent. I, I have a, a interesting segue from exactly what you say. Uh, I've been accused in recent times. Uh, of making every hunt a religious experience, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, like it's you know that I that I overthink this in some regards. Like that's a knock on me, quite frankly. Like you know, other people are like it's not that big a deal. But my rebuttal to that is this: that if we don't make this a big deal, like if this isn't a big deal, if this doesn't mean something then it's going away. Sure. Um, and and I, I, I finished an article like uh, by saying this, that if, um, uh, you know, the, the, I think the knock on me was, um, you know, sometimes this is a, just about shooting birds. If this is just shooting birds. They can be replaced quickly. We're in trouble. Yeah. Like this has to be more than just shooting birds. This has to be for, and maybe I'm the, maybe I hold myself, you know, as the, as the line on this. I understand, you know, uh, you know, you're out here whacking squirrels, you know, (laughs) I'm cool. I've shot squirrels in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see me whacking squirrels. It's not because I don't, it's just, I, I have to mentally make myself go, this is there's a, there's there's this is the this is why this is specifically why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like I need I need that I need to point to that and go. This is not not just because you can throw a squirrel in a crockpot and it's a meal. And I, I respect that a thousand percent. You know you didn't see me. You know I wasn't screaming. Don't shoot that squirrel. Mm-hmm. I was just standing back going okay. This right right under the tree. Hunt. Right under the tree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a squirrel. Hunt. I, I but my brain was in pig hunt land yeah. like you know like this is because for me this has to be so um i just i i have a big concern if it's if it if this is just if this is just killing fill in the blank deer if this is just killing deer if this is just killing pigs if this is just killing pheasant if this is only about killing and not thinking about it what the broader repercussions are outside of the hunting community um because we talk to the hunting community a lot. You know, this is who our audiences are for the most part. We're talking to hunters. And so in some regards to hunters, it is just about killing, you know, for, for the most part. Um, but if, if it is, then we're going to have to question. You have to at some point get to, get to a stage where you question yourself. Because if, if we aren't questioning ourselves on this, other, there's plenty of other people out there that are throwing questions out there. So this is where the disagreement thing gets into. We can get back to the party hunting thing or not. But for me, if we can't disagree and, and internally argue, if I can't point at you and go, <laughs> whatever, yeah. like that's ridiculous, if I can't do that and we can't have that discussion, believe me, there's there are uh, ten times the number of people than just me looking at you outside of the hunting community who are going, that's ridiculous. Not only is that ridiculous, that's offensive. Mm-hmm. That's brutally offensive, and they're going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. We better Which you, is... you better have an answer for me internally. Wait, me, think... me, me, me ripping you for party hunting internally as a hunter. There's there's way more people out there that look at you and go, 
So do you, you think there's people out there? So I, I don't know this, and maybe I need to be more in touch with the non-hunting community, but there's people out there, if you said, hey, me and my friends went and we shot 16 ducks today, and that was our our limit is three guys, or what, I don't know the numbers, right? There, you think there's people who are like, wait, so some of you shot three and some of you shot six? And that's to your limit. You think there's people that I, think I, that's bad. I, I think that people. So you're focusing on the limit board, but I'm going well, go to go. Well, that's what party I, hunts I, are for. I, I, otherwise, I'm focusing on the number. Otherwise, I, we're party hunting today with with pigs. If it's I, not, I, I think there's people out there that went that, that went. You shot 16 ducks today. You and your. Why did you shoot 16 ducks today? You can't <laughs> eat 16 ducks. You 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 can't eat sixteen ducks today. Why'd you shoot sixteen ducks today? I think that's what's out there. I think exactly that's exactly what's out there. What also there's a gap in this for people that don't understand. Like literally, there one of the other giant questions you asked about crazy questions that I get. Yeah. The biggest question I always get is, do you eat them? Every, every anybody you know outside of what we do doesn't realize because you don't show it on social media half the time. Mm. I don't show every bird that I shoot being butchered by me and the and the feathers being yeah, saved by me. Facebook and flags them as inappropriate yeah. when you show the butchering. Well, yeah. right, you can't show me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually showed a picture on, on Instagram. I had a pheasant that I had that I had skinned. Essentially, it looked just like a chicken sitting in the weeds. Mm. Yeah, like I had cut. You know, basically, I butchered it the whole way, so the bird was just there. It just looked like a chicken. But I had some of the feathers sitting to the side, and they flagged it because it was inappropriate for for viewership. And, and if I'd have, if I'd have gone to the market and bought a chicken and put it right in the same place, it would have been the same thing. But so there's a disconnect on yeah. on the feeding thing. But yeah, I do think that that disconnect in general fuels a lot of bad information. A lot of people do know that hunters eat what they shoot, but I can tell you that there is a mass number of people who do not have any clue and you think that's ridiculous and i know you believe that's ridiculous i can tell you it exists because it's one of the biggest questions we get is do you eat them and of course uh, you know i have to reinforce that we eat everything but it just the people that ask it and then you know that there's people that aren't asking it they just immediately are going that guy just shot that thing and he's leaving it there mm-hmm. so how do you how do you educate i mean here let me just tell you Somebody comes up to me, and I have a belief, and then somebody who feels strongly differently about that belief comes up and says, no, you're wrong. I'm not going to believe him, right? So if I walk up to somebody who thinks that hunters don't eat their stuff and tell them, no, I eat everything, they're gonna believe, they don't believe me. They don't, they don't believe I've, I've done my, my, my due diligence and what they think I should do with it. So how do we show it? How do, how do we prove ourselves, and how do, how do we justify our existence? Well, our guys... the. the the people in social media, and I, I've been preaching it, but I, you know, the disconnect can be overcome in a social media or in a in a content creation portion by talking more about it, yeah. uh, by showing those pictures, even but, if they do get flagged. Well, who do our platforms reach? Hunters. Yeah, we talked about yeah. this, but earlier. that's not necessarily true. So I did an article uh, a while back. So you've got a lot of friends who are followers who um, have a lot of friends who are followers that may or may not be hunters, and when they like your stuff. Facebook, at least it used to, not necessarily not so much yeah. anymore. But when they when they would like something that you posted, then it would show up in their feed as something they liked. Uh, lots of people who it's may true. or may not be hunters. Yeah, and so um, 
that that way in social it was it was broadening our exposure to people who weren't necessarily um, part of the, the what so what I'm doing on Instagram when I'm out hunting you'll see my my tags my hashtags I'm using hashtags that talk more broadly about what I'm doing which is um, you know getting outside or wild places or even wildlife uh, hiking even though I'm carrying a shotgun I'm trying to make Public sure Lance proud. It's out there all the time. <laughs> out there all the time. That's all we do. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I'm using tags that are 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 not speaking necessarily to the to the uh, to the core audience. Uh, quite frankly, you know, I mean, I don't I don't read a lot of what other upland hunters write or. I, and, and honestly, I, I see what they post because, you know, I'm friends and followers with other upland hunters. But I don't, I don't want that to impact my vision of what this is. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't follow it closely. I don't, I, I care less about what other hunters think about me and more about what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's not like I'm obsessing over it because there's still going to be a lot of people who disagree with what I do, no matter what I do to your exact point is they may not believe me anyways. But I think if I'm consistent with how I'm hunting and how I'm presenting it, um, and I'm trying to be respectful of broader views, even though I call some people POS, um, (laughs) I'm only calling hunters that. I'm not calling non-hunters that. Right, right. Y'all are great, non-hunters. We love you. So, um, you know, I'm trying to be consistent in, in, the, in the message and making sure that what people see is true to what my vision of what this is. And my vision is convoluted and shifting and um, incomplete and flawed, I'm sure. Um, and... Hey, uh, you know, somebody come preach to me about what, what where, where that's going to happen. You're going to have a hard time convincing me, probably. Although you guys convinced me to pig hunt, it wasn't really, it wasn't really something that was probably high <laughs> yeah. on my list of things oh, yeah. to do, yeah. you know. But, uh, 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 but I, you know, I, my justification for that is pigs are just big birds that can't fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so okay, so we got to we got to get out in the woods pretty soon here if we're going to get one more one more round. Yeah. Um, but. One more party hunt. One yeah. more party hunt. <laughs> no, I'm splitting off from you guys. <laughs> yeah, unguided. Upland. <laughs> unguided upland. Um, so, uh, so I guess my question in regards to what you just said is, you you said, I think you said this in the podcast, I'm so lost now, we've had such a long conversation today, but um, you were talking about how you've been, in, you've worked in the corporate world before. Yeah. And you came out of that, you're doing this now. And you seem to have like a pretty big vision for what you want people to take away from what they view from hunters and that kind of thing. You seem like you know what you what you want. You had this goal, and you you want to change a little bit of the world. You know what I mean, in one way or another, and just show show this um, as what it is. You know, and I know uh, you talked about this earlier, and we're the same way. We just want to hunt. You know what I mean? That's a big part of why we do what we do. Is there I mean, do you see this as something that is so important to you that you will always continue to, are you going to try to do this forever? Are you going to, or would you go back to the corporate world so that you can do, so that you can finance? So that I can actually pay for something? Something, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so that you can finance what you do, what your hobby is. So you I don't have I mean? to camp the rest of my life? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm probably not turning back, uh, 
as Casey's noted, I'm way too old to turn back now. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, but if you could turn back time, I, I, I'm, change your way. <laughs> I'm going down in flames like this. You just J-hooked uh, real quick, you know. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be killed by a mountain lion. Uh, and that'll be a good way to go. Um, <laughs> we talked about that the last time he was on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. We, did. Yeah. we did. Hit yeah. the brainstem with a yeah. Mount, right. mountain lion death is the best death for yeah. you guys out there. Don't get eaten by a bear. Get eaten by a mountain lion. Well, um, there's ocelots down here. Jaguars. So in jaguars. Jirundis. So I'm not sure what, how uh, jaguars kill by the brainstem too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have oh, you not true. seen the video of that one swimming across the river and then it gets a cane in its mouth and just right behind and the neck takes it into a tree? That yeah. was an African jaguar, wasn't it? No, that's not. That's no such thing. <laughs> African jaguar. That was a You're gonna sit, get on leopard. our podcast, <laughs> and spit. That was a leopard. No, it was a jaguar eating a caiman. That was a leopard. You can't get on here and preach for two hours and a... then act like there's <laughs> jaguars in Africa. Listen, oh. there's jaguar. That was a leopard and and it was eating a crocodile. No, sir. <laughs> You're sure. I'm positive. I think it could be the same thing. Listen, there's a difference in an ocelot and an oscillated turkey, okay? What's that other he- thing down here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, so you're not going to uh, – so Sorry. you're, you're going to do this forever now. I'm not going to – I mean, you only got a few more years before that mountain lion attack, right? I'm not going to I'm not going to abandon ship. Social Security's right around the corner. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, Medicare for all, right, Casey? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Bernie bros. That's right, man. Uh, I, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to uh, – I'm going to keep uh, redefining. Finding what uh, what upland hunting is, including pigs now apparently. Yeah, and, uh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna Did we're just really gonna so. we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, we're just gonna I, I just got, we gotta keep going, man. We yeah, can't, we yeah. can't stop now. Yeah, we're too we're too pot committed. Too yeah. pot committed at this point. Yeah. So I know we're trying to wrap up, but I just cannot not ask that question if you say that. It seems like your 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 opinions and your outlooks has changed so much since, say, 2002. That's the earliest data I heard you mention. Right. right? Like the way you look at stuff. And I can't imagine that you remain stagnant to where you are. No. So, you know, in 10 years from now, like, your, your opinions are going to be so different then, too. Sure. Right. And, and we'll pull up this podcast and we'll go... Man, you were a backward POS. <laughs> Brian, all, all you do is party hunt now. <laughs> no, but like, what, I mean, what is that? I know you can't say because you, you're you're not a you know a future teller. But like, if judging by how just because you're the only one who knows how much your opinions have changed now since from then till now, like, what's it going to look like then? Are you going to you know? Because like today you joked with me about the rough grouse and like you could and I said well okay and you're like well you don't have to sh- actually shoot everything you see which <laughs> right. what you don't know about me is I have a lifelong bird list I'm a huge birder and I love to see birds I knew that about you but we talked about it on the last podcast did we yeah. okay but I've already seen rough grouse that was why I was like I, didn't, I don't know why, to, why. but um, plus they're tasty right but it could be a different phase yeah, color kill, kill one and one. eat it but like um, I don't know where I was going with that uh, but like I don't. I lost it completely. <laughs> I lost it completely. It's, it's okay. Anyway, I've, I've done that before. <laughs> the taste of rough grouse just got in your brain. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. I'm, I'm so hungry. About, are they going to be in season? <laughs> but you know, like what's what is there that can change? You know what I mean? Because you, you I mean, I know that we had some um, some healthy discussion right now, but like you're you're pretty on par with like 
what I think is right and wrong. You know, it's so like, what's there to change? Well, what is right and wrong is the question. And where does the line move? And yeah. uh, it's going to take another brain-frying moment to understand it. It's going to take a not getting to the top of a summit, not uh, to, uh, uh, you know, not, you know, something's got to happen. The, the question for me is, is can other guys have those moments? Can can other guys, because that's what, if, if I were to go, what needs to happen in air quotes the industry it's other guys need to have moments it's <laughs> like y'all y'all need to y'all need to push past what you think is this success unfortunately the industry points to what they believe is success and that's where people are kind of entrenched and they've been there for decades now and um i, I i'm looking for that next i'm 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 wanting it to happen i want i want to be pushed beyond it. i couldn't possibly tell you what it is right now i have no i don't even have an inkling um you know pig hunting is probably gonna fry my brain for a little ways that's what it was you, you joked with me about the rough grouse are you gonna get to that point so there's guys on the in the pacific northwest who steelhead fish with flies that they've chopped the hook off of and they're just there for the take are you do you like Will there be a point man, to where you're too far? Will, you, will, you, will there be a point where you're climbing the mountain without the sh- without the shotgun? No, no. Um, I'll have the shotgun. It might not be loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it as a walking stick. Yeah. I already do, and that really pisses people off. But uh, they see me using the shotgun as a walking stick, and I get lit up social media. Oh, um, uh, will I get to a point where I don't shoot birds because I find them too valuable? Uh, uh, personally valuable, not like no, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, right. Uh, do I uh, ascribe a value to them that that puts them uh, beyond my ability to shoot them? Uh, man, that's a big one. Uh, you know, we've got we've got declining populations in lots of upland species right now, where there's there'd be a question for me on certain species whether I would mm-hmm. um even in even i mean not that you guys care but like you know this on these ptarmigan hunts like it's not like i couldn't have shot more birds there were days you don't even know how many i shot i don't think i answered that question for you <laughs> it sounded low i think but, <laughs> but there were days where i was like that's enough mm-hmm. like i'm uh i don't i don't care this i've had to promise you that i'd only shoot one sage grouse if you took me I know. Yeah. And I probably, I'd be, you know, and, and guys would laugh at that. I, I sh- I've shot sage grouse before, a sage grouse, um, and and I'm not sure. I mean, situationally, not that the populations are necessarily that pressured, and everybody, you know, biologists can talk to you about this, and, they're, you know, everybody. Yeah, they say it. hunting doesn't really even dictate uh, the hunting, population. Hunting, the hunting take, uh, people hunters are way less efficient predators than every other predator out there, and our take is windmills, extremely Man, small. <laughs> <laughs> if the, if, the, if the, yeah, the, the, that's right. Wind power is killing the sage grouse. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's start that one up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's always, you know, I, I have the, the, the core enjoyment of this for me is always, um, with the dogs, although I've, I'm getting more, I, I'm finding that there's some ancillary joy in introducing other people to what I'm doing, not because I want the sport to persist, quote unquote, the sport to persist necessarily. It's because I just enjoy somebody else grasping what it is that 
I'm doing because I think that I'm an alien in some people's minds, a lot of people's minds. And so when I, when you have, you know, the ability to see what I'm doing and do what I'm doing, and then you, maybe there's a little bit of understanding. Mm. I just feel like maybe that's a selfish, maybe I like the fact that people, somebody else in the world might understand it. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you hike to 14,000 feet to kill a ptarmigan? Because he can, because it's the most awesome thing there is right now in my current brain, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll stop killing birds one day. Probably not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. So you're uh, not going out there just for the point. Oh, the point. We, you'd have to define what the point is. The oh, dog. the dog point. Um, I thought you were talking about the broader point, no. the point of hunting. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, um, the dogs aren't necessarily satisfied unless they're actually completing the job. So you'd mm. have to kill a bird, hypothetically. Mm. Um, I like I like eating meat that I know hasn't had ammonia all over it. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, that's, that's a pretty cliche thing to say too. But, I mean, I like feeding my kids and myself stuff that like i know what's happened to it and i have that responsibility and that you know that whole that's the whole that's why i shot those squirrels you know i want to i want to you know not have to go get uh you know ground beef and chicken from the supermarket all the time you know well the the interesting thing about upland birds and probably pigs too in some regard not necessarily the ones out here but like when you're tucked in around agriculture upland birds are eating genetically modified yeah, corn. they're not organic. No. no. <laughs> Pigs aren't, probably aren't organic. No. Out here, they're probably eating a lot of more acorn and everything else, but truth is, is they're probably still eating winter wheat, so it's not organic organic. I, meat is a, is not a bad reason to uh, hunt. It's a, it's a bit of a hollow reason in that I did a breakdown on upland birds a number of years back, and the Per pound cost of an upland game bird when you factor in dogs, shells. Yeah, but cost doesn't matter. To, I mean, like, I'm not saying I'm made of money, but I'm saying I have to eat something. And it's so, I, mean, I literally have to have food to survive. I'm willing to spend a lot of money on that food if it keeps me healthier yeah. because there's less yeah, chemicals. Yeah, you can buy the healthiest meat involved, like the healthiest grass-fed, yeah, but it's lame. It is lame. See, right. but, not, from who? but from who? Your, you don't know who? Who had anything to do with it? Yeah, why not listen, have your you, passion? For less money, you can go find a farmer doing everything correctly and pay him less per pound than it costs you to harvest an animal. Yeah. 100%. And but I've done it. Who can be passionate about that? Though? Who can? How can you have a passion? A how whole can it segment be, of people who are foodies re- out there are passionate how about that. How can it be that? rewarding? I'm, no. I'm a foodie, but I, I still, I still would rather come out here and shoot squirrels. I mean, you can shoot squirrels around your house for cheap, and you know, just like a storm. I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, squirrels. Uh, Fishing is a great way to provide food, man. I mean, like tons of food. Especially with a 75 fish limit. Yeah. Party, party hunting. Party, party fishing. Limit. Party fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I, I, I don't say that meat's a bad reason to hunt. I think it's a hollow reason in that it's, um, uh, if, if this is only about meat for you, that uh, you're lacking um, 
man, that sounds really bad. But no, no, I mean, no, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll follow through with it. You're, you're, you know, if this is only about the meat, then I think. Uh, I mean, you know, this isn't only about the meat for me. Well, yeah. No, no, so, I'm not questioning. No, I'm not questioning you're going, where, where you're, what you're going to say is not going to offend me, right? No, no, it's I'm, offend not, I'm not trying to. I'm listen. trying to form my thought in, 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 in a way that doesn't doesn't make me sound like a total jackass. Um, but if it's only about meat, that you're then you're lacking the passion for wild things and the connection to harvesting that meat or killing it, as Casey would say, which I'm okay with the word. You're, you're, the the, the if 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 this is just about food, and you know there was a big movement to, that 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 was going to be the savior of hunting, is that there was a whole new fooding class who was going to go out and harvest their own animals. I don't have any knock on that, but if this is only about harvesting animals for you, and it's not about wild places and wildlife outside of meat, then you're missing a massive part of of hunting, and and quite frankly. Uh, the soul of it like it just I, I i love every bit of the fact that yesterday when i shot those pigs within three minutes we were cutting those pigs up i love that i love that part of what we were doing but it was way more than that and if it's not then i i don't think you're in it for the long term hmm. i don't think the food i don't think the foodie portion of hunting sustains this pastime, this lifestyle, because I think that's a fickle and hollow existence if this is only about uh, food. There's easier there's easier ways to get healthy food, and, and, and unfortunately, people are just these animals who will go to the lowest common denominator, and the lowest common denominator is easier, and so... Yeah, I, for a while I'll hunt for food alone because it's cool, but it better be more than just food. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, any other uh, debates we want to have before we go try to kill him? I, can, make, cold, how I cold can make some more people angry. How cold is Brian right now? <laughs> He's chilly. <laughs> <laughs> He's chilly. <laughs> this is like a first time. Yeah, so the sun is, uh, we're what, about an hour from sun? Yeah. Oh, we're a little less than an hour. <laughs> we got if it, it, it's the last. Hoorah for pigs. Yep. That's right. Let's go make it be more than about food. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Thanks for coming down here, dude. Yeah, man. It's been great. I'm glad uh, that we got to talk about sage grouse hunting the whole time. (laughs) 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 Yep. What I like about friends like Brian is that, like, we can have a discussion that we have different, differing opinions or different views, and we can still, like at the end of the day, like after that podcast, we just went out and like got into pigs again and had fun. Oh yeah. And then we walked back to the truck all beside each other, just chatting the whole way. Yeah. And I just like the fact that, you know, that's a, even though he likes to call people POS, um, you know, I, we can still, uh, at least I can take that, and then yeah. we can still have a. He's just that's just the way he's. You know, Ryan's that's just pretty the way radical. It's yeah. just the way he is. Hey, he didn't mean anything by it. No. But I'm real happy that we all got to party hunt pigs together. Like yeah, that, that that really made me super happy. Dude, me too. <laughs> me too. It was so much fun. Uh, the only thing I wish 
is that I could have seen him in the moments when he was running oh, down. Oh, man, it was good. It was cool, man. <laughs> I just yeah. wish. I've never seen the, the dude run, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Like Some people run weird, you know? And I guess I figure he's not a real weird runner, you know? Yeah. He's pretty upright. Yeah, runner. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Very good form. Yeah. Very, like, High knees, but I think it's probably posture. because, like, uh, Brian probably has pretty good experience running through brush and stuff, being a bird hunter, too, you yeah. know, in some way. Uh, and high knees are, like, imperative yeah. to hog hunting. Yeah. Because them briars are ankle getters, for <laughs> they, sure. In yeah. fact, <laughs> I, what, we're recording this, like, two weeks out, right? <laughs> For uh, after, after our pig hunt, and... I found another thorn that's still in my calf right now. Well, go. So <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. man. Pretty good. Well, uh, we appreciate him coming on. Go check out Brian's uh, what he's got going on and at Ultimate Upland on Instagram, and I'm sure everywhere else you can find him. Pretty easy searching the Ultimate Upland stuff. So he's got some cool stuff going on. You probably won't see dead dead birds, like he said. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, almost dead people after climbing fourteen thousand <laughs> yeah. feet to the top of the, exactly. the peaks. And while you're in the uh, the uh, scrolling mood be sure and subscribe to our youtube channel as well if you would guys and everything else we've got going on mm -hmm. um we uh pretty active on social media and all that and uh i know that sometimes social media is a drag but we try to be a, a bright spot in that and then also if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're still with us after five hours of podcast um <laughs> <laughs> be sure and go ahead and hit that subscribe button on itunes or wherever you're getting your podcast from that way uh you'll be able to find us a little bit easier next time yep and we take reviews too we and, do take those and guess what if you're a new person that hasn't heard this before then you need to hear this but um we do from time to time giveaways and we try to base them off of um, all the reviews we've gotten, not just new reviews. So at any time, if you review our podcast and then six months down the road, we do a giveaway where we give away a brand new car like we usually do, <laughs> then you will have the opportunity, even six months prior putting your review in, to still have you know that chance in the hat. Uh, we don't just go like, hey... Well, you know, all these other several hundred people don't stand a chance, but the new guys get a chance. So anyway, uh, my point is, if you'll give us a review, we will very much appreciate it. We love five-star reviews. They help us out tremendously in spreading the message of what we're trying to do. Uh, we're trying to do this honestly, transparently. Um, we want you guys to feel like you know who we are around every corner. So anyway, um, anything else? Nothing else. We're nah. just getting ready for some warm weather. Hopefully. I know. I know. I'm ready. I'm actually wearing shorts today, which yep. uh, is borderline, but it worked. <laughs> it is <Yeah>. borderline. <laughs> it is. But it's coming, I think. So, anyway, uh, guys, appreciate everything. God bless. And remember, this is your element. Living it. I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space.
Are you looking for relentless performance for your firearms? If so, Riptide Armory is the ultimate destination for superior gun cleaning and protection. Riptide Armory offers American-made innovative products out of Arvada, Colorado. Whether it's the delicate finish of a collectible or the rugged exterior of a tactical weapon, you can clean without risk of damage. Visit RiptideArmory.com and discover the difference true quality can make for your firearms. Riptide Armory, a veteran-founded business.